0: And welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful evening. It is Thursday, January 4th, and we are obviously on the air getting ready for yet another, well, we're midway through a week of Division three basketball. Certainly more to come and plenty to talk about as we are about midway through the season. And certainly that means there's enough to uh, kind of wet a whistle and... and, and look at things to tackle. There are five undefeated teams, for example, in Division Three men's basketball. I think there's about 12 or 13 on the women's side. We'll be talking to a couple of those teams here tonight. We'll be talking to Marietta men's basketball. They are undefeated at 12-0. We'll talk to NYU women's basketball. They are undefeated at 11-0. And we'll talk to George Fox women's basketball. They are also undefeated this season. Also talk to a couple teams who aren't necessarily undefeated. Um, but certainly playing good basketball. On the men's side, we'll talk to Harden Simmons. The Cowboys have um, one loss on the season, a tough one. We'll talk to their coach, um, Craig Carre- uh, Karse about that. Also talk to men's basketball coach, um, uh, <laughs> Marymount's men's basketball coach, is so we'll talk to, um, about what's going on with their program. They've reemerged and certainly are a player in the Capital Athletic Conference this season. Uh, and we'll also talk to, um, um, I'm drawing a blank, sorry. We have five guests, trust me on that. We've named. Yeah, we've named all five. That's why I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Marymount on the men's side, along with Mar- uh, um, Hardin-Simmons. We'll also talk to uh, Marietta. All on the men's side, George Fox and NYU. On the women's side, that's all coming up here on Hoopsville. If you've got questions for us, forgive us. As we adjust our microphone here, it's, it's falling a little bit, and it's a little bit annoying, so we're fixing that. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Um, a reminder that a week from tonight, we'll have a bit of a different show, though tonight we'll, you'll find this as well true, Uh, We'll have it mainly recorded next week. This week we also have many of the the, um, interviews recorded for varying reasons, but next week certainly we will do so as I will be on the road at the NCAA convention, uh, which will preclude me from being able to host this show live. So we'll pre-tape it and have it ready to go and and still debut it at 7 o'clock Eastern time as we normally would. Um, You just won't see it fully live hope you'll understand that may have to do that the following thursday as well as we hit the road somewhere we haven't decided where yet i know time's running out here but we'll figure it out here soon enough um something of of note certainly uh we've had our first uh coaches carousel decision that i'm certainly aware of in division three basketball um as uh as um excuse me um Ryan Rebson of Rockland resigned today. He'd been there, I want to say, about 10 years. Uh, I will double-check that now as I call up that story. had it up earlier looking at that. They are 3-20 this season, 2-6 and six in the Northern Athletics Conference, Collegiate Conference, um, the NACC. Rebson had uh, a career mark of 93-152, and 152, uh, though he certainly had a stretch there between 08 and 2012. Uh, where the team was 53 and 51, had been there 10 seasons, 11 years coaching at Rockford. He's just apparently getting out of coaching, so this is a full-on re- uh, resignation. Though it's certainly always disappointing when you get one on January 8th. Uh, kind of leaves the team in limbo, but who knows? Sometimes there's stuff, other things going on behind the scenes that we aren't privy to. But uh, that is our first coaching carousel move, as it were, of the new uh, of this season. New Top 25 came out. You might, uh, If you're on the board, you certainly know the, uh, the conversations that were being had there. On the men's side and women's side, really no surprises. Nobody changed first place. Um, maybe some surprises that Illinois Wesleyan still ranked at number 22, uh, having lost uh, a third of their games at 8-4. and four. Uh, I am one of those Top 25 voters that are still voting for the Titans, though barely I have them in that 22 slot myself. Others are not. When you get 102 points, basically that means everybody's voting you about 23rd, I believe it is, um, if, if my math is correct. Basically, 102 points means, or um, actually you're about where you are, 22, because basically that's four points out of 25 voters. So Illinois Wesleyan averaging 22nd on everyone's ballot. So let's consider this for a moment. I have them 22nd. I know a couple voters who are not voting for them. That means there are some who have them higher than 22nd um, to offset that. So while well, I certainly took a bunch of grief on the boards uh, recently, and I'm, I'm, I tell everybody what my vote is, so I'm open to that grief and certainly welcome to take it. I find it ironic that I'm the average, while there are certainly some who have them higher. In the meantime, Hope also getting votes in the top 25, uh, just five, though, and uh, they've lost the same amount of games. So an interesting conversation regarding that. Another conversation that came up on the NESCAC board certainly is Amherst's position. Amherst fell to 18th, only three spots, having uh, really not had a great run of it, as it were. Should any NESCAC teams be, be voted for is the question. Of course, Middlebury is undefeated but really hasn't played anybody. Um, so that's the question. Now, both teams went out. And got it done. Amherst got it done against Eastern Connecticut, who was sitting 21st in the poll. Um, how that affects Eastern Connecticut, how that affects Amherst, I don't know. Middlebury went and won what appear, sounds to have been, I was unable to watch it, but sounds to have been a, a bit of an ugly game against Plattsburgh. That doesn't do either of those two teams any good. We'll see how that translates down the road. It does Middlebury good because they're still undefeated. Um... It doesn't do them any good because it doesn't exactly win the, any votes if you're playing ugly. Anyway, so fascinating conversation. Chapman, by the way, will be is undefeated, proverbally in the twenty-sixth spot. Is it the first team receiving votes with the most? At seventy-six. They play Claremont Mud Scripps. Claremont Mud Scripps just dropped out of the top twenty-five this week. You know, how will that impact either of those two teams when they play each other is two to be determined. So Lots of questions. Very fluid poll. Richard Stockton fell from 4th to 12th. I'm surprised they didn't fall further. Uh, granted, I'm the one who saw them in person and, and didn't like what I saw, so I probably treated them a little bit more harshly than others might. Um, you know, Worcester stayed in the same spot at 14 but gained something like 40-some-odd points. So a very fluid poll on the men's side. and No surprise there. Big mover up um, would certainly be Marietta, who moved from 24th to 9th in the, at 12 and 0. Um, of course, WPI moved back into the top 10. Uh, North Central also moved up big from 21 to 10. Uh, Franklin and Marshall moving up pretty big from 25 to 11. So, certainly plenty of movement around. On the women's side, really no surprises. Uh, St. Mary's fell out. Uh, University of New England, no surprise that they fell out. Maryville jumps in. North Central comes in after our conversation with their head coach on Sunday. They're now 12 and 0. But if you look at the number of losses in the men's poll and the number of losses in the women's poll, it's probably a three to one ratio of m- losses on the men's side. Did notice that the men's uh, amount of teams being voted on dropped by two? Um, I know one of the teams I was voted on nobody's voting for either anymore. I'm surprised because I thought it would go deeper. I am a little surprised by some of the teams chosen in there as well. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. We are halfway through the season. Certainly everybody gets into conference play, and plenty of upsets could be had, as it were, or not even just upsets, but but losses uh, as you're in conference action here. So that is that's the lay of the land, and certainly, you know, big games coming up this week, and we're even watching some games today uh, in in men's and women's basketball. On the men's side, we'll do a quick refresh of these uh, two uh, live uh, gr- groupings. We have a couple top 25 teams in action. Scranton is at Susquehanna. Um, it's really early in that one. Susquehanna has a, has a big 5-2 lead. <laughs> we'll take that one with a grain of salt and wait for that one to play out. Albertus Magnus is playing Norwich. And they're about a, almost a quarter away through the game, and, and Albertus Magnus holds a slim 16-15 lead in that one. And my alma mater is off to a stellar start against its arch rival. Certainly not expecting much out of that. In women's basketball action, we'll keep an eye on FDU Florham. They take on Brooklyn on the road. That game scheduled to start uh, on our clock in about five minutes. Scranton women uh, playing Susquehanna. Scranton at home. You'll know the landmark conference, if anyone's not familiar, midweek games is split. So if the men are hosting a game, the women are on the road at the same opponent. So, Scranton men are on the road at Susquehanna. Susquehanna women are on the road at Scranton women. They are early on in their game as well. Scranton with the early lead. Texas Tyler uh, in women's basketball. Well, that's 40 minutes in. We don't have any scores or live stats or anything, but we'll try and keep an eye on that one. Certainly other games are taking place. We'll keep an eye on those as well. Again, a reminder, if you have any questions, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at D3hoops.com. Or Facebook us at Facebook.com slash So Another score from earlier this week that caught my attention. Bard, men's basketball, getting the win over Vassar. Congratulations to that Bard squad. They are 6-4 and four on the season. Uh, almost got us to get them on the show, but we had other uh, guests lined up already. We'll see about maybe getting Bard on the show at a later date. Um, Saw so a great story. This is a tease ahead to Sunday. T- great story out of um, Mary Washington. I should say... Um, uh, Wash U out of St. Louis. Terrific local story um, regarding their men's basketball coach, Mark Edwards. Just a great overall story about him and his and his tenure and, and whatnot. We're working to see if we can air that story for you here on Sunday and work to maybe talk to Coach Edwards as well. That's all coming up, of course, on Sunday. A reminder how this works now that we're on twice a week, Sundays and Thursdays. 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, basically, what it gets down to is um, on Thursdays, tonight, we'll talk mainly the East, Mid-Atlantic, Great Lakes, and West schools, as well as South. We, we talk mainly South on Sundays, but sometimes the only way to talk to a South-ranked team, or a South team, I should say, is to talk to them on Thursdays, as tonight will be a testament of. So mainly East, Mid-Atlantic, Great Lakes, and West region teams we talk to here on Thursdays. Then on Sundays, we talk Northeast, Atlantic, South, and Central region teams. Um, And occasionally we'll throw in an extra team if necessary. So that's how we usually break it down. There's just no way to cover all eight regions every night. And so we try and at least split it up that way and talk about each region. Doesn't mean a national story won't garner attention to talk about, um, but that's just something to keep in mind. Another story that we're going to keep an eye on the entire time is certainly going to be Lauren Hill. Um, saw a tweet last night back on the sidelines. Remember, she's now an honorary coach. She is not no longer playing for her Mount St. Joe team. But she was out there uh, as an assistant just last night um, and certainly looking good. Uh, Glad to see her still fighting. That is the story of the year, if anyone's not familiar, and we certainly applaud her for what she is doing and what she stands for. Remember, she started hospice care about a month ago, if not a little further back maybe six weeks ago now granted hospice does not necessarily mean the end it's additional assistance and certainly that's what the advantage is for lauren hill it's the extra assistance with medicine and and all the like apparently pain meds have been increased to to make her happier uh, make her more comfortable so certainly that is something that is tough to hear but congratulations on her getting up there uh, on the sideline yet again um so again we'll keep track of scores throughout the night when we have them A guess here are our guests marietta men's basketball will be joining us on the show we'll also talk to harden simmons uh this is pretty much the order we'll talk to everybody by the way uh then we'll talk to nyu women's basketball then george fox women's basketball followed up and we'll wrap up the night with marymount men's basketball that's all coming up here on the show we will go a little bit into overtime Most of these interviews are pre-recorded tonight for varying scheduling conflicts. We have an advantage of being able to be here for these shows, um, and so we can record them ahead of time. Um, So bear with us when those happen. Sometimes I know some of you like to ask questions. We certainly encourage that. Unfortunately, tonight most of our guests are pre-recorded. Before we take a break, I do want to rant on something, if you do not mind. A little bit off the top of my head. But I've been thinking about it for about 24 hours. When we were out in Las Vegas, one of the greatest things at the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas is the ability that these games move along. There is no messing around when it comes to the the schedule. There's no messing around when it comes to moving the games along. The referees out there do a terrific job. Um, I can't remember if we had five or six games one year scheduled for a day. And... The first game of that day went into overtime. Anyone who knows runs a tournament knows that is the, that is the end of the world. The Hoopsville Classic, were in trouble. Using a 20-minute clock between games and referees who keep things moving, by the time we got to the last game that day, they put a 30-minute clock up and we had more than 30 minutes until we had to play the game. They didn't have to start the clock. Because things kept moving. Last night, as many of you may or may not know, I oversee video production at Stevenson University. So that's where I was for the games against Messiah. The women's game went two hours. Two hours, regulation, two hour game in women's basketball. We went with a 20 minute clock. We were 25 minutes late starting the men's game. 25 minutes. The men's game took forever. Yes, it did go in overtime, but the second half alone took an hour. Think about that. The second half of this game took an hour. 20 minutes took 60. It's ridiculous. And listen, we can chalk this up to fouls being called. We can chalk this up to too many timeouts or timeouts being used late. But there's all kind of litany of reasons. None of them add up, though, to why it took an hour to play 20 minutes. Why it took two hours to play a 40-minute game. Because fouls are being called and timeouts are being called in Las Vegas at the D3Hoops.com Classic. That's not the reason. The reason is A, the referees out in Vegas move the games along. The scoreboard operators, the people at the table, move the games along. There's no wasting of time. If it's time to shoot a free throw, free throws are shot. If it's time to inbound the ball, we're ready to inbound the ball. If the timeout is over, the timeout is over. There's none of this extra stuff. Conversations with coaches and referees are very short at all. They do not stop the game. Yes, there are no video reviews, certainly, but in the women's game last night, there wasn't a video review. There was in the men's at the end, but I'm already counting that as part of the hour. They move the games along. We have got to pick up the pace of basketball. It is ridiculous. We, we need to institute, and, and at some point down the road, I'm going to put a blog out on some of the rules I'd love to see changed in the game of basketball. But as far as moving the game along, substitutes should be at the table when the horn sounds. When the horn sounds, or when the whistle blows and a horn sounds for a sub, those subs go in, nobody else. You cannot then go to the bench and go, wait, 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 wait. I got one more guy I want to get. No, you're done. The subs have to be at the da- table. Those are the ones that get blown in, nobody else. Timeout's over, let's inbound the ball. Free throw time. We're getting to the free throws. We're getting to it. Conversations between referees and coaches have got to, to cease. There are way too many conversations that referees are waiting for the other referee to get done with this conversation with a coach. No, end these conversations. Coaches are just trying to finagle their ways into calls. It's over. Done, 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 done. It's wasting time. And there are plenty of other wasting times. Ball goes out of bounds. Let's go. Let's get it in bounds. Let's get it ready. Let's get it ready for play. This taking our time, making sure we're all set. You guys looking good. Okay, you ready to ball? No. Let's go, refs. Pick up the pace. And this goes for the teams as well. If you're not ready to inbound it, let's start a five-second count. It's ridiculous how slow games are moving on. Can we change the rules about timeouts? Yes, that will be in my blog about rules changes sometime down the road when I compile it. I think we could change the timeout rules a little bit. I think we can change some other rules just a little bit to speed things along. But suffice it to stay under the rules now. There's no reason that an overtime game in Las Vegas will take 95 total minutes. And an overtime game last night in Baltimore took 2 hours and 20 minutes. Give or take. I might be off by 5 minutes. Ridiculous how long games are now taking. And we're not talking media timeouts, people. We have got to change the culture of basketball and pick up the pace of the game. It's turning into baseball. You can play a 90-minute soccer game on the clock with, with, a, with your halftime. Take the entire time frame in account. And you will, you will more than likely still be playing basketball if they both start at the same time. Half the clock and we're still playing basketball. Just my two cents. We'll talk about it more certainly throughout the year, but I'm certainly getting tired of these drawn-out, lengthy games for absolutely no reason. Huddles. Impromptu huddles. Get rid of them. The... the Fifth foul to, and 20 seconds to sub a guy, get rid of it. Fifth foul, you're out, next guy in. Coach knows he's got four fouls on the floor. He knows who he's going to replace him with. Don't tell me he doesn't. Assistant coaches, no, no, let's do it. Move things along. Pick up the pace of the game. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Marietta, men's basketball coach, will join us. Coach John Vanderwall will talk about his undefeated team. And then coming up, uh, Harden Simmons, men's basketball, NYU, George Fox, women's basketball, and then wrap it up the night with Marymount men's basketball. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Broadcasters, or (laughs) National Association of Basketball Coaches. When we come back, we will talk to Marietta, men's basketball. You're listening to Hoopsville, and we'll be back with more after this.
3: I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division three school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual.
2: The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person.
3: Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family to, with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue.
4: By balancing all of my interests basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it.
0: And hey, welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on Thursday, the uh, 8th of January. Don't forget, again, we'll mention this throughout the show. We are on now Thursdays and Saturday or Sundays, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. For the most part, we will have some specialty shows. We'll talk a little bit about those specialty shows coming up here uh, at the end of the show. If you have any questions for us or our guests you can tweet us at d3 hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com you can also join us on facebook at facebook.com hoopsville that's how you get a hold of us uh how to interact with us and certainly if you have ideas of of guests you'd love to have us have later in the season uh or whatnot uh please let us know via those avenues and of course they're at the bottom of your screen one of the uh Certainly, the teams that has caught many of people's attention uh, this season, and as we mentioned earlier in the show, jumping from twenty-four to nine in this week's top twenty-five poll, are the Marietta uh, Pioneers, who are undefeated at twelve and 0, 5 and zero in the OAC, and they've got some good wins on a schedule, but certainly ones that, uh, are, or I should say, a schedule and and so far a season that deserves some attention. And by the way, it's not every day you could log onto the website and there's a splash page mentioning that he's going to be on the show, so we'll waste no time going to the Hoopsville Hotline and bring in Coach John Vanderwall onto the show. Coach, uh, there we go. Coach, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me and, and being on the show. I certainly appreciate the time. Um, first and foremost, 12-0 and 0 on a season. Uh, you're one win, I think, away from the best start in school history, um I'm sure there's a bit of a buzz or was this the season you were expecting? Yeah, we we thought we could have
5: a pretty good year this year. You know, I don't know that we were necessarily expecting to be 12 and 0, but we're we're excited about that and we felt like we had a really good ball club going into the season, so I, you know, I'm not surprised that we're having a lot of success, but uh yeah, we're, there's a little bit of a buzz creating. Uh unfortunately for us, I think uh 8 out of our last 9 games have been on the road, so we've We've had a pretty tough uh, road stretch of games. Uh, we're looking forward to playing some more home games second semester, but uh, we're we're really excited about the season.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you, you had a stretch there of, what, six straight, I think, LaRoche, Westminster, uh, Muskegon, Willing, uh, Wilmington, uh, and Heidelberg and Baldwin-Wallace all on the road between November 22nd and December 17th. Road Warriors would be the understatement. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're uh, – your breath your your team was it was maybe a little sick of the buses
5: yeah we were and uh you know it's we were a full month without playing a game at home but our, i thought our guys handled it uh extremely well and i guess they did get rewarded you know we were able to take them uh, we we actually got on a plane and, and flew down to miami and had a great time down in miami and played in a really good uh tournament down there at florida christian high school in the uh adidas holiday slam tournament so uh it's been, it's been a lot of traveling, but it's been a lot of fun, and
0: it always helps when you're winning, that's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, and traveling to Miami, not, not too shabby a, a deal there, Down uh, as you pointed out, the slam. Uh, and, of course, one of the big ones that, that got your attention here is the fact that you beat Eastern Connecticut by one uh, in the first game there. But, of course, you have a win over John Carroll. Uh, we talked about conference play, your 4-0, and that included Baldwin-Wallace and Heidelberg and, and Wilmington um you got a win over St. Vincent who's usually been a pretty good team a win at the beginning of season over Hanover who certainly had its good points of the season as well you know now you turn around you've been off since the 31st which is you know kind of a mini break uh where maybe people wouldn't normally have it and you got to take on Ohio Northern coming up here on Saturday how do you get the team kind of back in gear and 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 raring to go
5: yeah, it's, it's been a little bit tough. You know, we took five days off for Christmas, and then I have another five days off for for New Year's, basically. And uh, we've practiced uh, this week and trying to get the guys amped up and ready to go. And you know, a little bit of uh, you know, what do you call it, jet lag or weather lag or whatever, <laughs> coming from Miami back to Ohio. It's been it's been frigid here, and we've just been trying to get our guys motivated uh, and inspired this week to uh, to rise to the challenge with. Going to Ohio Northern, you know, in the OAC, it's it's never easy. It's a battle every single night, especially on the road. Uh there's just no easy wins. And if you if you look at our schedule, you know, when you look at our league games, you know, whether it be at Wilmington or at Heidelberg or at Muskegon, we've we've had to fight for our lives just to get out of there with the W and you know that's what makes the, the OAC exciting, is it's it's a battle night in and night out, and, and we're gonna have to be ready to go on Saturday, that's for sure.
0: I mean, conceivably you guys are in a position in this conference that you could you know you could roll through it Maybe not take a blemish, though Ohio, uh, I'm not Ohio, but Mount Union is certainly playing good basketball this season as well. Um, John Carroll certainly has had its highlights as well. Um, what what do you expect from this conference? You've kind of hinted at it already, but uh, what do you expect? You know, Is this going to be a dogfight to the end? Can you guys separate yourselves at least maybe a little by the end of the season? Well, I hope...
5: I hope so. I hope you're right. I don't know that I'm as optimistic as as you are. I, uh, you know, being this is my eighth year in the league, and and I know it's just an absolute dogfight every night. It's it's, it's tough, and you know we played really well the day that we beat John Carroll. I think John Carroll's is, is is a really good ball club, and and Mount Union is 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 very good as well. So I, you know, I think it will probably be the three of us battling it out. Uh, although I don't we're we're definitely not gonna run away with it. I expect to be fight to the to the bitter end against those two teams and, and there's no other easy games in in our league. The good thing we have in our favor is, you know, we've played four road games in the conference already and only one home game. So, you know, the majority of our games down the stretch are gonna be at home, which will definitely help us. Uh, you know, our our schedule bodes well for, for us making a run here at the end of the season.
0: Um last year this is a team that went nineteen and seven um certainly not nothing to shake a stick at it was a good season it's been progressively growing you had a couple 20 win seasons in the last couple of years you said you kind of expected this to be a good year i'll put you on the spot a little bit when you looked at the the schedule what did you place yourselves at uh record wise did you think by the end of the year how many do you think you could win
5: well you know for for us it's yeah you know, i think if you could always get to that 20 win plateau i mean i think that's kind of the the number that most teams kind of shoot for. If you can get to 20 wins, you feel like you had a, had a really good year, and you probably have a, a really good shot at making the NCAA tournament. But there's no real set set number for us. The, the big thing is is just competing night in and night out. And obviously we want to win our win our conference and, and put ourselves in the best position possible to get into the NCAA tournament. And I, and I think we have a good enough team that as well, if we take care of business and, and we get into that NCAA tournament, you know, I feel like we could make a run. And, and so that's that's our goal. Is is just to hopefully win a league title and, and get into the NCAAs and then see what we can do from there. You know, we feel, felt really good about this year's team, and we've been fortunate enough to stay fairly healthy. We've been dinged up here and there a little bit, but nothing nothing too major. And, obviously, you always need a little bit of, of luck on your side there with staying healthy and, and all that kind of stuff, which we've had some problems with the last couple of years. But we've got everybody back from last year's team for the most part, and uh, we've got a lot of experienced guys. We're really, really deep. Uh, and so we're we're very very optimistic about what the next few weeks are going to hold for
0: us. You got um, four seniors, five seniors, if math does, if I can count correctly, on this squad. One of them not uh, necessarily playing, um, but of course you're not led by just seniors. You got a junior in Luis Garcia who's averaging 13.1 or two points a game. Uh, Garrett Stevenson is a senior at 12.1. Eddie uh, Grenner. Uh, ten and a half points a game. He's a junior. Uh, Keith Richardson, ten points a game. Still got nine points out of Raniel Ewing. So you've got seniors, but you got guys underneath them that are certainly capable of stepping up on any given night. And you point out deep. I mean, you you play a lot of guys in in, in a lot of your games. Uh, how important is it to have those upper those underclassmen stepping up to the t- to the table as it were?
5: It's huge. You know, we, I think that's kind of been our MO. I think, I think we feel like we're really deep. You know, the last few games we've played 12, 13 guys in the first half, we've been in some foul trouble and we don't hesitate to go down the bench a ways because we feel we have a lot of confidence yeah, and everybody in our roster, our, our practices are absolutely incredible. Uh, it's, it's ultra competitive. Guys are really getting after it. There's no room for error in practice because someone's coming for your spot and, and, and it makes practice fun and exciting. And, uh, and when we get to the games, we just have a lot of confidence with playing a lot of guys, and we we kind of pride ourselves on just competing really hard in every possession and trying to wear teams out, and and so that's just kind of been our mo. Our kids compete really hard, and and hopefully we can outlast the team in the long run.
0: Where do you see? I mean, when it when it comes to this roster, what are the unsungs? If if I you know I mentioned Garcia and Stevenson and and Grenert uh and Richardson as obviously point guys, but who are the, are there guys that are going to step on the floor that maybe don't show up in the stat sheet that people are going to kind of go, you know what, Man, that's what makes this team tick?
5: Well, I I think we've got a lot of those guys, you know, I think, I think the thing that's kind of made us tick early on is, is it was our low post play, you know, I don't, I didn't feel like our perimeter guys were playing the greatest early on in the season, uh, and, and Garrett Stevenson and, and Eddie Grenard, and then. Even our our backup guys that we're bringing in have just been destroying people on the glass. You know, we're a a plus-ten rebounding team. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I felt like those guys who, you know, they weren't putting up big numbers, but they were doing a lot of the dirty work. I feel like they really held us in there early on in the season, and and our guards are starting to come to life now a little bit, which is is exciting. And, you know, somebody we haven't even mentioned is is Andy Dolman, uh, who was a first-team all-league guy for us. I think he's like our sixth-leading scorer. Uh, right now, you know, he, he had a little bit of an ankle injury and he's kind of playing through that. And he's getting back to healthy now. But you know, we've got a first-team All-League guy that we're bringing off the bench, and uh, so we have got. I feel like we have a lot of weapons, and uh, we're we're just a really deep ball club, and we probably got ten different guys that could score twenty on any given night. So, you know, to point out one unsung hero is is kind of tough because I feel like our our whole team is kind of that.
0: You. You talk about this team, and I mean, come on, you're, you're outscoring your opponents by 15. You're shooting 45% from the floor so far this season, 35% from beyond the arc, nearly 80% from the free throw line in these days, this day and age as a team. That's a terrific number. Out-rebounding them by 10, as you pointed out. Um, the, the little things certainly seem to jump out at me on the score sheet. What's it like to coach this team?
5: Well, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, we we really enjoy our team. And like I said, just it's been a lot of fun this year because we've got so many guys that are invested into to our vision and how we're trying to do things. And our team chemistry is is through the roof. Roof. You know, when we were down in Miami, one of the one of the opposing coaches, now they told me, "Man, you guys, you guys, team chemistry is amazing. Your guys' bench is is really good. And anybody who comes and sees us play, they'll we'll see." Our bench is really into the game. Our kids support each other really, really well. Uh, they don't care who gets the credit. Um, they're, you know, they don't care who scores the points. They're just, they just want to get the win, and, and that's what makes it a lot of fun for our coaching staff because guys are unselfish
6: like that.
0: When, again, you've got Ohio Northern coming up on Saturday, then next week it's Capitol and Otterbein, then Mount Union. Certainly the, the big boys are, are lurking, as it were, in the sense of who's going to battle for the top of this conference, but you can't look past the Ohio Northerns, who certainly have a tremendous history. You can't look past Capital, has a good history. Otterbein history. I mean, you can go through this conference. There are teams who have stepped up at separate occasions, and Otterbein, who's won a national championship. John Carroll, who certainly vied for them. You you you're playing in a pretty interesting conference this year. Is there anything you need to tell the guys to have them ready, or do they know enough? I think
5: they know. You know, it's uh most of our guys, like you said, we're playing a lot of juniors and seniors, and even the sophomore guys, they've they've been there before. They know how tough it is to go into these places and play and, and it's been that way for us this year, you know. I mean I, other than the eastern Connecticut State game, our our non league games, we've won all by double digits, but our our league games have all been really, really close. And uh everybody in the in the conference knows what everybody does and uh it you know, they're, they're all heated games. We're we're gonna get we're gonna get everybody's best shot, especially now that you you know now that we're number nine in the country. That doesn't help our cause either. You know, <laughs> I mean, it yeah. just puts that target it makes that target on our back that much bigger. And the fact that we're undefeated doesn't help us either. I mean, uh, everybody's gonna be you know chomping at the bit to get a piece of us, and, and we're gonna to have to expect everybody's best shot. And uh, we just want to keep keep playing as well as we can. Uh,
0: I got a question via email, which is always nice to see. Uh, so if you don't mind. Um, sure. two questions from the same person and no, not too bad. Will coach settle on a smaller rotation as the season goes on and gets closer to the OAC tournament? I'm sorry what, can you, well, again? Will, will you will you go into a bit of a smaller rotation or stick with a, a deeper rotation as you get closer to the OAC? Tournament? No
5: we're, you know we're, we're pretty committed to, to how we do things here. You know I think at the end of the season, you always probably end up playing your starters a little bit more than you did at the beginning of the season. Uh, but you can expect us to always play ten guys. We'll we'll, we'll go ten deep every single game. Uh, you know the minutes may vary a little bit down the stretch, but uh, but no, you know, I'm gonna shoot. I I feel like I have thirteen guys I can play, so I, I've got at least play 10.
0: Uh The other question was Reneal Ewing. I mentioned him at nine point three points a game. He's only played in six of your twelve due to injury. Is he going to be coming back?
5: He's back. Yeah, okay. Reneal's Ren- 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 back. He set out uh, some some games at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think he missed the first six games or so and then uh he's he's back now. He's been he's been playing really well and he's the guy that made the game winning shot uh against Eastern Connecticut State. So uh yeah, he's he's an explosive player, uh who, who adds a lot to our team. He's he's versatile. We can play him at the point, we can play him at the wing and, and uh yeah, we've got everybody back now. So we, we feel like we're you know, this is really the first time we've had a full strength uh team all year. So I feel pretty good about where we're at with our personnel.
0: Let me expand it quickly outside of the conference and more regionally. Worcester uh, certainly playing well. Hope's playing well this season. Now the HCAC is in your conference or in your region now, so that adds a bit of a wrinkle uh, to whoever's on top of that conference. Um, we've seen some good teams. Uh, obviously, top 25 is is full of some good Great Lakes squads as well. Ohio Wesleyan certainly don't want to forget about them. How do you see the the region shaping up this year, especially as you ca- you you even position yourself for an all important home g- weekend if you can in the NCAA tournament? Right. Yeah. It's you
5: know it's it's really important that you take care of business because getting a chance to host in the NCAA tournament is a, is a huge advantage. But uh, yeah, like you said, I think the region is really strong. Uh, you know, teams that you know kind of jump out at you earlier, like you mentioned, are. Ohio Wesleyan and Worcester are putting together really good, really good seasons, and they look to be really tough. And you know, and the NIAA looks like they've got three or four teams that could be could be really good. And it's, uh, you know, I think the region's really tough, and, and I don't think there's a whole lot of room for error. You know, we can't we can't afford to uh, to drop too many games if we if we want to make it into the tournament.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about your team. Certainly fascinating to see how uh, you guys have. Uh, I wouldn't say come out of nowhere. You guys have had success in the past, but I don't think anybody had chalked you up at twelve and zero uh, at this point in the season. It's always nice to surprise people in that way. Um, as always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
5: No, I just want to say thanks for for all your time and energy and for doing this and then uh, giving uh, D three a platform to speak. And uh, it's great that you you guys put this together and do this. So uh, thank you and thanks for having me.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. Good luck the rest of the way. We certainly will keep an eye on the Pioneers, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best. Great, thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Take care. Bye. Coach Vanderwall. Joining us here on Hoops, so appreciate him taking the time to do that. Gen team is twelve and zero on the season, five and zero in conference action. They get back after a bit of a break into conference action here, coming up on against Ohio Northern on the tenth, and then the fourteenth they'll take on Capital Ohio Northern on the road. Capital at home. They really haven't played many home games. Uh, you can count them up uh, on one hand so far this season, but that is all coming up here in the next week. We'll keep an eye on the Pioneers, certainly playing good basketball so far this season. We thank again Coach Vanderwall for joining us here on the show. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk to uh, Harden Simmons men's basketball coach Craig Karse, uh, talk to him about his team. Had a lengthy conversation because we also talked about the conference, the region, and his coaching pedigree. And then we still have ahead NYU women's basketball, George Fox women's basketball, uh, and as well as Marymount men's basketball. That's all ahead here on Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. We'll take a break, and when we come back, as I said, Coach Kars from Hardin-Simmons. More Hoopsville right after this.
7: Division
5: three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the
4: student-athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I
3: did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school.
4: I got the Presidential Scholarship, which was huge for me.
3: I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division three. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience.
4: Being a Division three athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus, but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Jostens Trophy, which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court.
2: I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader.
8: And the end of the day, it
3: won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how they do in the classroom.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. Again, we are on Thursdays and Sundays now from now on through the end of the basketball season here on Hoopsville. 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern for those shows. We'll mention that throughout just as a reminder as we got Sunday's broadcast off and running last Sunday. We've been on Thursdays for the beginning of the season, but we're now kicked into our two-a-week, two-hours-per-show schedule. Don't forget some special shows coming up, as we just mentioned uh, earlier in the show. We'll talk about that later as well uh so we talked about an undefeated team in marietta um and, and talked to their head coach about their success to start the season another team that might be flying a little bit under the radar and got on my radar not only from the start of the season they had but when i read in a, a note from another coach going this is a scary looking team we figured we better talk to the uh, cowboys of Harden simmons and so joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is their head coach Craig Cars. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir.
9: Well, thank you for having us, Dave.
0: Absolutely, appreciate you taking the time. Team is off to a ten and one start, six and zero in the ASC, and we'll certainly talk plenty about that coming up. Your one loss, I would say, a bit of a head scratcher to to uh, Texas Lutheran, um, who's at five hundred seventy seven fifty four, and that was uh, your first game back from break. Quickly on that one, that one, from an outsider's point of view, looks like one of those, oh, you guys probably weren't ready to play after the holidays.
9: Well, we we had taken a, a longer break than normal, and uh, we came back on the weekend, and uh, we have a player, Derek Jefferson, very, very good player, our kind of a heartbeat. He had uh, food poisoning, mm. and uh, we hadn't had him on the court for about 10 days, and uh, he did play, and then... Uh, we lost a, uh, our point guard, uh, who's very good, Christian O'Neill, uh 12 minutes into the game with an injury, and he missed our next game. He will be back tonight. And uh, the other team, Texas Lutheran, played wonderful. They shot the ball wonderful. They had a good game plan. And uh, we just didn't overcome the, the injury and the, the illness, and uh, they, they really did a great job that night.
0: Should point out, you mentioned the game tonight. We are talking to Coach Kars, but ahead of time, this is pre-recorded, we didn't put the coach uh, on the phone right before his game. That wouldn't necessarily be fair as they prepare to take on Laterno uh, coming up here tonight. Of course, you responded from that Texas-Lutheran game, Coach, with a resounding win over Louisiana College, 89-66. And that jumped out at me because uh, earlier this season, talking to Ken DeWeese, he thought Louisiana College was a team to watch in the ASC along with... With, among others, including yourselves, that's a pretty resounding winning conference play uh, against Louisiana.
9: Well, our guys really have been focused all year towards what they're trying to do. We, we were preseason picked uh, number one in the conference. Right. Uh, we're the only school in the conference in the last four years. It's been in all four semifinals and two of the championships. Uh, so we've kind of been hiding there in in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was important to our kids for a bounce-back game because uh, we, we won we had to play five games uh, I'm sorry, yeah, five or six games there in 15, five games in 15 days yeah. on the road, on the road before the holidays, and the kids won all those, and naturally uh, they had won all the way up to that TOU. So that that bounce back was important, and I think they went into that game with Louisiana with a little pride that had been hurt earlier in the week, and I was very proud of them.
0: Yeah, you, you talk about the beginning of the season. You started off with a game against Trinity Texas, and 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 sent Pat Cunningham home with his tail between his legs, a hundred to seventy four. Then those five games on the road, uh, starting on November 22nd against Southwestern, then at Schreiner, then at Texas-Dallas, at Texas-Tyler. Those are two conference games before finishing up on the 6th of December in a conference game at the University of Ozarks, winning all of them. And and somewhat handily, at least all by double figures, except Schreiner got you by. You had to get squeaking past Schreiner there uh, in the middle of that. You then came home, played Southwestern again, and got a win. Um, you then traveled on the road for Howard Payne, and then you, you were at home against Sol Ross State, and that that rounded off in the beginning before you took that break, as we talked about before Texas Lutheran, it, it, and you won a lot of these guy, games in resounding fashion. You had a couple close ones as well. It seems like you've you've already had the gamut of games, the 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 nip and tuck nail biter at the end. You've got the 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 game that didn't go your way and against. Texas Lutheran, you got the bounce back game against Louisiana College. You got that tough run stretch. You you got accomplished a lot in games so far this season heading into the the meat of the conference uh battle now.
9: Yes, we've got four more games to go uh in this next 8 or 10 days to where we will have played everybody in the league once and then we'll start that last 10 games. Our conference is a 20 game schedule. Everybody plays each other home and away. Uh, so you do get an opportunity for a true win, but the, the the kids have done a great job. They they're really fun fun group to work with, and we're led by a, a young man, Derek Jefferson. That we have ten freshmen and sophomores on our roster, and uh, he's just done a great job leading as a senior.
0: Um, you know, you look back, and this this run has been really developing since last year. You guys were nineteen and nine last year, but you started the season having lost six of your first seven games. Before losing only two the rest of the way, uh, or I should say three, obviously because the, the season had to end at some point in time. Right. Um. You know. So if you start looking back, you know, mid December, really beginning of 2014 until now, you guys have lost a total of uh, four games. This yeah, team 28,
9: I believe, 28 or 29 and four or something.
0: Yeah, like that. you guys are clearly playing good basketball right now with this core group. You mentioned Jefferson. Has that? Can you look back to January of last year and go? That was kind of the start of what we're experiencing now.
9: Yes, sir. I uh, we we changed. We played Baylor, and uh, yeah. Baylor has become a two-three zone team. But they do some different things out there. Two-three zone, and they're, they were very long last year with mm-hmm. uh, their their roster. And on our way back after our one and six start we had a young man named Malwin Maywin who uh, ended up uh, was one of the top shot blockers in the nation last year. Mm-hmm. And we led the nation in shot blocks last year. And yeah. I, when I coached Shaquille O'Neal, we didn't lead the nation in shot blocks. <laughs> so I, it wasn't <laughs> my plan. Say, that's and, saying and, something. Uh, we, but we implemented a zone uh, where we were funneling the ball to the basket instead of, of getting the ball away. And the only way that you really can overcome it Uh, you know, consistently is by shooting the ball in the corner because we do leave the corners a little more open than you would in a normal zone. And uh, and that's what TOU did. They shot the ball extremely well from the corners. Uh, But we went with that, and it has really worked for us. And uh, this year, uh, you know, we lost Malwin uh, to an injury, and uh, he hadn't been with us all year. Hopefully we'll have him back next year. Uh, And we put Justin Jones into the middle, who was a 6'6", six, 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 recruit, who's now 6'9", who has just blossomed. And I think he's in the top three, four, five shot blockers now in the nation. So we, we uh, had some good things happen for us.
0: Yeah, Justin Jones, 3.7 blocks a game so far for the sophomore. You talk about Derek Jefferson. We've mentioned him a couple times so far, the senior, one of only two seniors on this squad, 20.9 points a game, um he's hauling down 6.2 rebounds a game he's handing out over three assists a game nearly two steals a game um certainly he's he's important but then you get a guy like christian o'neal the sophomore 13.8 points a game game 2.6 rebounds 3.7 assists cameron barnes a junior 10 points a game justin jones 10 points a game your leading rebounder Uh, is uh, Jones at 8.1 points a game so you lost a guy to injury you've got only two seniors on a team that's been clicking for for a year now this looks like a really dangerous squad on paper
9: we've worked a long time uh, to get to this level finally so the kids have learned and our older people like Derek Jefferson are really carrying that message we did a lot of trips as you know to Vegas and tried to play around the country, and yeah. uh, we had we had some guys that were pretty talented that played basketball. But now we have some guys that are pretty talented that are basketball players, and uh, we just feel uh, really good uh, where we are, and uh, uh, and we think the future could be could be really bright. As I said, with ten freshmen and sophomores,
0: yeah, yeah, and you said it right there. The ten freshmen and sophomores. You got two seniors, and it's Derek Jefferson. The other one is Charles Sams uh, who's only played in about half the season, and then and that happens. But the rest of the way, it's sophomores and one junior leading the squad. Um, Derek Jefferson's certainly going to get the headlines, but the future is intact. And I'm sure when you talk to ASC coaches, they are none too pleased with the the, the landscape of you guys right now.
9: Well, we've had some good success, and in Charles Sam's case, he graduated. He graduated last year and was a senior, went through senior night and everything. But when we won the championship game, he met with me short afterwards, and he said, Coach, I have one semester of eligibility left <laughs> on my 10-semester t- rule. He had walked on here. Uh, okay. He you know, he's a young man, and then all kids, Division three technically walk on. But he had literally walked on, and we cut him. And the day that he was in his last practice, and he knew that would be his last practice, one of our players broke his ankle. Mm. So we let him stay on <laughs> so nice for he's in he's in graduate school now, and uh first semester he naturally wasn't able to play and wasn't able to be a full time student uh but he joined us for the second semester, so once he gets back into a groove. I also think that he'll help us. But our league is very young right now. Uh, This group at uh, East Texas Baptist University, which is uh, very good, uh, they have a tremendous group of sophomores. Uh, This group at Louisiana College, uh, they have a tremendous group of sophomores and juniors. They were freshmen and sophomores last year, and I do think that they're uh, one of the more athletic teams in our league. Naturally, Mary Hardin Baylor. Uh, year in year out is always a is a national program to reckon with, and and University of Texas Dallas is is a top program, and Howard Payne only has one loss yeah. in our conference this year, and that was a game that we played over there. Uh, so I, I think the league has some uh, some wonderful talent, and uh, they has some other young teams to reckon with, not not just ours.
0: Yeah, you look at. I mean, you guys are ten and one, six and zero in the conference. You point out Howard Payne five and one in conference, five and five overall. Uh, East Texas right. Baptist, you point out one loss. that's in conference or nine and one, four and one in the conference. Mary harden Baylor, who I saw at the Hoopsville Classic, they're seven and four, four and two in conference play. Texas Dallas, as you point out, eight and three. 3-3 three and three in conference action. You guys are doing a little bit of beating each other up, but at the same time, that seems to make it wide open in conference play, and, and who knows who's going to come out of this conference?
9: It's a long, long, long ways. We have 14 conference games left, and then we have a conference tournament. And here, as of late, uh, our league usually has been getting uh, the team that wins the conference tournament into NCAA play. So it's uh, uh, w- we know that uh, we could go... Uh, undefeated in the conference, and if we don't win the conference tournament, there's no given. So we, we have a long road ahead of us.
0: <laughs> well, that was what I was going to get at next. I mean, the, and I've talked to to many, including Ken DeWeese, about this. The fact that you guys play so many conference games and the fact that a lot of the conference uh, teams, like a Saul Ross State or, or a Texas Tyler, don't play a lot of teams outside of, or I should say, don't play a lot of teams outside their region and thus Division three opponents, really hurts the SOS, really hurts the results versus regionally ranked opponents scenario. You guys are really on a, have to walk a fine line where getting that extra bit out of the ASC is not impossible, but certainly challenging. And as a result, a lot of pressure, doesn't matter what you did during the season, you could be undefeated. A lot of pressure resides on on winning that conference title.
9: No, you're exactly right. And uh, we have... Very good teams in our league, Mary harden Baylor and Dallas have shown that consistently uh with their NCAA tournament play and we have wonderful coaches i i started i cut my teeth on Division three as a student athlete and my first coaching and uh there are wonderful coaches as we all know at this level but this league particularly in coach DeWeese and 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 coach Butterfield at Dallas have some Real experience, and re- and really know what the Division Three game is all about. And we talk about it in our coaches' meetings. Uh, our schedule this year is 25 NCAA Division Three region games, and uh, we didn't do the Baylor or any of those D ones or anything else at all. We decided that we're going to stick straight with 25 NCAA Division Three in region games. And uh, let the chips fall where they do. Because we'd love – this school's never been in the NCAA tournament in, right. in boys' basketball, and they've never won the conference in boys' basketball. They've done it in all the other sports a lot. And uh, so for me, you know, I was – boy, when I was in my early 20s, I was winning Division three conference championships and going to Division three tournaments. The first one was at Rose-Holman back in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> so playing the Albions and Rose-Holmans and yeah. – And, uh, you know, so uh, I really, very badly, because I'm I'm closer to the end of my career than the (laughs) beginning, I very badly would like to play in one more NCAA tournament.
0: (laughs) I I can't blame you a bit. Um, Certainly the way the conference is shaped up, you point out, 14 more games. Uh, You only had, what, uh, four out-of-conference games, five out-of-conference games. Five. uh, To play this year, which is better than last year when you only had three. Um, but even that landscape is going to change. Is it tough to be in this scenario where you realize that a lot of it is out of your hands because, you know, as much as you can do what you can with your schedule, other schedules are going to you know, dictate what your SOS is going to be. And in the case where you guys are on that island playing so many conference games, there's very little wiggle room.
9: Now there's little wiggle room at this level, and of course the philosophy of Division Three is not that of Division One or even Division Two. So we recognize that, and we need to control what we can control. And we finally have woke up to realize that we need to do what we can do in our conference because that's the only thing that we have the potential to control. So, but um I'm sure there's different scenarios with different people all around the country. Uh But uh you're exactly right. It's uh, you might finish 3rd or 4th or 5th in your region but that doesn't mean you're going to get in the NCAA tournament so cuz we've done that
0: <laughs> yeah no absolutely so. so what's the message to your team i mean is this one of those guys yeah. it doesn't matter what we're doing right now we're preparing for the conference tournament we've got to be ready to go and win that is how do you, how do you relate that message yeah. of as well as we're playing really what's going to matter is the end of february well
9: our message has been really clear and simple uh, since day one, and it's been let's do everything one day at a time. Let's just do what we can do today. Let's don't worry about yesterday. Let's learn from it. Let's don't worry about tomorrow. Let's prepare for it. Let's just look at today. And when the kids go in the locker room before every game, they put zero and zero on the board, and we focus on that game. And that actually started back a year ago when we were one and six. And, uh, They started that, and uh, they put their goals up, and uh, a pretty easy group to coach. Uh, Derek Jefferson has really taken his fifth-year role with a lot of lessons that he had. You know, he's been a three-time All-ASC, All-Tournament person. I don't know if anybody else has ever done that. So he's had a lot of life lessons, and he's ready to graduate here in criminal justice. So uh, we're really lucky to have that senior leader that the kids are following.
0: If anybody doesn't know your coaching resume, it is a litany of not only divisions but also fame and I would say cross country travel. Uh, as you point out, started out uh, coaching at um, uh, Bethany. Well, at Bethany, correct. Um, and then you went to, what was it, West Virginia, Salem for a while? Um, I was at
9: Salem, which was called Salem College back in the day. At West Virginia, some of the people we had there were our quarterback was a guy named Jimbo Fisher. I think I knew him. And some of the guys on our coaching staff that had been there was a guy named Rich Rodriguez, and uh, uh, one of my players was a kid named Mike Carey, uh, who's the ladies' coach at West Virginia, and uh, he was a heck of a player. And we had a guy named uh, Bowden uh, (laughs) that was one of our football coaches, and. uh, Bill Stort, who uh, I grew up with, was one of our coaches, former West Virginia football coach, that passed away here recently. So, for a little small school, it it had a quite a group of people that came out of there Man, that were very successful. That's too
0: shabby. You then went to West Virginia State University. Uh,
9: yeah.
0: Nothing wrong there with four NBA selections, uh, or in yeah. camps, I should say. Ron Ron Moore yes. going to the New York Knicks in '87. Yeah. Yeah. You parlayed that very nicely to LSU as an assistant coach, and as you already brought him up, uh, of course, you were part of the recruiting and, and, and coaching of Shaquille O'Neal. We should also point out Chris Jackson as well. I, I, I think I asked you this in Vegas. I, just, I probably want to just hear it again. How in the world do you, do you recruit a guy like Shaquille O'Neal, and then what's it like to coach a guy like, like Shaq?
9: Well oh, Shaquille was an easy recruit and a wonderful person he as you see what he does, continue today these commercials and everything yeah. he's never changed that personality's never changed and uh my wife and I enjoyed him immensely she was uh did their academic work and part of their tutoring and and uh we've just uh we were very fortunate to see a young man like that when we got his commitment out of him. He was only sixteen, and uh so we've watched him. Grow and uh, there, it was LSU is just a wonderful place and uh, it was a wonderful time and uh, to get him and guys like Chris Jackson and Stanley Roberts and Randy Livingston's and Ronnie Hendersons and Jamie Brandons we were we were really really lucky to get that opportunity those were great players
0: you were considered one of the best recruiters in the NCAA at the time do guys like Shaquille and Chris Jackson and Ron Moore and the and the like still stay in touch.
9: Well we we've been really fortunate. Ron has spent time here with our kids. Chris Jackson uh, will be back here in a couple weeks. He spent time the general manager of the Toronto Raptors, his name's Masayu Jerry, he's a former player of mine and of course I grew up with a, a, a guy named Chris Wallace who's <laughs> used to be the Celtics GM, he's a GM of the Memphis Grizzlies now mm-hmm. and Allen. so um, you know, uh, you don't lose your life, relationships, and friendships. So, uh, Stanley Roberts has been in here, so it's nice at the D three level once in a while get one of those guys to come in and spend some time with our kids because they you don't normally get to have that opportunity at this level.
0: If ever you get Shaquille O'Neal to walk in the door at Harden Simmons for you want practice, an interview, I, a I want the interview, but b I want the videotape of the reactions of the guys <laughs> when he comes strolling in the door. Oh hi. This is Shaquille O'Neal PhD, Doctor Shaquille O'Neal. We should
3: say. Yeah, there you go. Uh, of course, from there LSU,
0: you, you went out. You spent a year or two uh, as um, uh, executive vice president, of the United States Basketball Academy, and then you traveled to Montana. Not sure what you were thinking there, uh, to Division <laughs> Two there in Billings, uh, and coached there before then coming to Harden Simmons. You've you've had it all. You've seen it all. You've coached everywhere. You've certainly coached in some of the biggest spotlights and even some of the not-so-biggest spotlights. What drew you back to Division Three? What drives you now in coaching? Well,
9: I really love competition, and I came from a very, very small rural area in West Virginia, uh, so I never was awestruck by lights. At one time, one of the largest crowds in the history of basketball, when we played Georgetown in the Superdome one year, when I was with U.S. basketball, we uh, got to work with the academy. We got to work with the Chinese and the, and the people in Europe. And so you know, people are people. Dave, as you know, you've been around the country, and uh, people are just people. And I just love, I love competition, and I love coaching. And uh, I knew quick, ten months in at U.S. basketball, I needed to coach and uh, i went to montana and we were there 13 years i had no intention to ever leave there i raised my family there and we lost um, 10 games at home 142 and 10 our first 11 years I had great students uh but in the last couple of years after a stroke and a heart implant and uh going astray so to say we had some tough couple tough years and i lost my job there and uh after coming back from uh mission trip in the philippines where we had worked and helped coach people in the philippines that summer i was just really lucky that harden simmons had a job opening and five days before school started the gentleman they offered the job to turned it down um and i was just really lucky that uh they gave me an opportunity to keep coaching so uh i'm coaching here in in texas and uh feel very blessed to, uh, to get to work this level and like i said i i truly believe in my heart uh there are some pretty doggone good coaches at this level. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some that I have a a lot more fear and respect for than I do at some of the other levels. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and you've mentioned a couple of their names here a while ago. They're, this is a good, this is a good, uh, this is a good opportunity. This, this is basketball. We're, we're coaching here. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>.
7: sure. <laughs>
9: we're coaching. I'm going to get the guys in the gym here for a while in a little while for a pregame, and then I'm going to Subway and pick up their sandwiches. <laughs> so, oh, the it's a little of the different coach. level than LSU. <laughs> yeah, as a reminder,
0: we are talking to Coach Muel well into the day. They tip off shortly uh, to pl- in their game against Laterno in the doubleheader in the conference action. We certainly are not talking to Coach right before game time. But I appreciate you taking the time to join us, Coach. Uh, obviously, Texas right now is a much better place than Billings, Montana, weather-wise, right. uh, so I'm sure well, you're enjoying that as well.
9: This is uh, uh, a real privilege for you all to visit with our program and our conference. We have a, a quality conference, and uh, we're trying to have a program that can represent it. And uh, anytime we can get this kind of exposure, we, we can't thank you enough for what you do.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, as always, we do give the coach the final word. Would you like to finish on that or anything else?
9: one day at a time and uh we'll talk to you in 45 days and uh at february 21st let's let's hope we're still as bright and happy as we are today <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> i hear you well thanks so much for cho- for joining us i appreciate it enjoy uh, the rest of the season we'll keep an eye on the cowboys as well
9: thank you dave
0: thank you coach uh craig karr joining us from harton simmons again pre-taped because they are about to tip off against Letourneau in conference action. The team is 10-1 overall, 6-0 and in conference play. The ASC, certainly one of those conferences worth keeping an eye on, deep with a lot of good talent, but also a dogfight to find out who can get to the NCAA tournament. When we come back, we have plenty more hoops ahead. We'll switch gears and switch into women's basketball. Talk to the number 8th-ranked NYU Violets here on Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
7: I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. Uh, It was hard to look at people's faces. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you are enjoying the Thursday edition of the show. Of course, we've been on Thursdays for the whole season. Of course, we just started our Sunday schedule, though, uh, last Sunday. So don't forget, Sundays and Thursdays, 7 and 9 p.m. Eastern time, for the most part, for the rest of the season. Special shows, as we've talked about already, coming up in the near future. And we certainly hope you will enjoy those as well. But stay with us on Twitter, Facebook, email, however you want to, to find out what we're doing or ask us questions or ask our guests questions. Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Time to go to the Hoopsville Hotline once again, and we're going to shift gears and talk women's basketball. And joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is Lauren Hall Gregory from the number 8-ranked NYU team. And, Coach, welcome to the show.
10: Thanks so much, Dave. Glad to be here.
0: I appreciate you taking the time. Um, first should point out to everybody we are pre-recording this in case you do have questions that you start firing at us on twitter we're, we're not going to see them as we're talking necessarily but um coach eight you know 10 and 0 start on the season eighth ranked in the country um for a team that was not that far removed from 10 and 15 and routinely 10 and 15 last year was the coming out party you guys still seem to be celebrating this year
10: yeah, we're you know it's uh, we, the the lucky thing about being young that first year is I re- I kept returning players so yeah. we're, I I, ge- I guess we're a v- veteran squad this year with two seniors and uh, three juniors so yeah we're 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 off to a good start but uh, as you know we'll start UAA play and um, you know conference play is a whole whole different game
7: oh that
0: that is the truth uh, and of course that is starting up uh, here this uh, weekend on Saturday when you'll take on a pretty tough Brandeis squad. Um, quickly, not to harp back on last year too much, but you know, undefeated for a good chunk of the season, um, before of course running into a, a tough Wash U squad uh, midway through January. Uh, Carnegie Mellon tripped you guys up, and then it was a rough, rough finish to the season, uh, losing four of the last six, including in the conference or in the uh, in the NCAA tournament uh, to to New England University of New England, I should say. I I know that probably left a bitter taste in everybody's mouths the way the season started and the way the season ended. Is that been a bit of a mo- motivational uh you know key going forward this season?
10: Um to be honest with you we haven't really talked about um You know, losing four of the last six games. I think more what we tried to take from last year is these kids were very motivated by the success they got to experience. You know, the the taste of it, and um, you know, I think they have a lot of confidence. um, You know, but certainly a saying kind of that I had for them as as we ended the season and as they went home to you know hopefully prepare and get better for the next season was be proud but not satisfied. You know, um, we had a great season last year, and um, you know we experienced some injuries down the stretch and you know probably as a coach I didn't, I didn't maybe prepare them as well to handle those those injuries but you know we 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 showed really well in the NCAA tournament we went up against a very good University of New England team they they uh-huh. played a heck of a game um, but um, yeah our, our saying the, the whole summer and fall was be proud but not satisfied so um, you know I think these kids are pretty determined and pretty motivated to just take one game at a time and try to be the very best team we can be every time we get on the floor
0: Well, and then you look at what you guys have done this season. You haven't had any close games, at least at the end. I don't see any game within 10 points. It's all been double-digit victories over schools like Western Connecticut and Plattsburgh State, Springfield, um, you know, Emmanuel, Farmingdale State, William Smith. You know, you guys, the team certainly seems to be playing, you know, pretty well and, 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 and and. I'm trying to find the right word, but you know, holding the opponent at bay, as it were. You're not getting these tough games. Is that a good thing, or are you kind of almost wishing you know, wouldn't mind a couple close games here and there just to <laughs> test our metal?
10: Uh, I, don't, I like winning them by double digits. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, um, you know, uh, I mean, I think that too. I mean, what, we have been tested. I mean, West was a great team for us to start. Start with, they played a terrific con- conference. Um, you know, I think we were really prepared for that game and came out kind of blazing. Um, Emmanuel tested us, Plattsburgh State certainly tested us in both of those games. We were down by double digits um, in the first half and came roaring back. So, you know, I think I've seen from these players that we certainly have some resiliency. And I think because um, this year we, we are, I guess, a veteran group. Um, I, f- I feel like I, I know what to expect from them in a, low, a close game at the end of the game. Um, I, I have a lot of players I can trust in that the circumstances that have proven over one to two years that they can handle that. Um, so we, we have been tested. I think we've just risen to the occasion when we've been down. Um, I do have a pretty resilient group. So at the end of the game, it hasn't really shown, <laughs> which I guess is a good thing.
0: Talking to Lauren Holt-Gregory here, the number 8-ranked. NYU Violets 10-0 on the season will start UAA play uh, this weekend against Brandeis. We'll talk about that in a minute, Coach. The other thing that jumps out to me is that seven of those ten games have been at home, um, certainly taking advantage uh, of the Coles Sports Center, uh, one of the more unique places in Division Three basketball. Of course, you'll go on the road, though, against Brandeis, and then um, on the road for the next three after that, so four in a row here. Before you'll return home for four in a row. Kind of an interesting schedule this season.
10: Yeah, you know, and, you know, we're taking on a a very good and very well coached Brandeis team that plays very well at home. Um so I think it'll be a, a really good road test for us. And but again, you know, I, I really trust my players and I trust the program we have and I, I feel like we'll we'll get them prepared for the game on Saturday. And um, you know, like every opponent, you know, I think um uh, we we really respect our opponent, but we don't fear our opponent. You know, we don't fear going on the road. It's part of basketball. It's what you have to do. Um, you know, I think we also proved in UA play last year that we're capable of doing it—getting on a plane, getting on a bus, uh, getting up and, and doing that—and I think one advantage we do have, even from last year, is we're we're a bit deeper than we were last year. Um, so I think the road travel and the UA play—that hopefully that'll really, you know, uh, be be a strong suit for us.
0: Yeah, you look at uh, the standings from last year. WashU walked away with the conference at 13 and yeah. one. You guys were sitting there at nine and five, tied with Chicago. Of course, you and WashU get into the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, and it's almost kind of status quo that the you know Wash U's in. And of course, there may be another team as well this year. Again, haven't started conference action as of yet. Um, but when you look at the schedule or, or how everybody's doing, Wash U's undefeated, probably no surprise. Carnegie Mellon uh, up there at eight and two. Rochester seems to have found its mojo again at eight and three. Brandeis eight and three. Emory eight and three. Nobody's got a losing record. When Case Western Reserve and Chicago are each 6-5 and five as well, it's shaping up, at least on paper before we get into conference play, to be yet another run through the conference that's going to be difficult. And you start off with a tough team in Brandeis. What do you expect from Saturday's game?
10: Yeah, I think from every Brandeis game, um, we always expect a really physical um Play by by Brandeis. They're a strong physical team that's going to have us well scouted. Um, you know they're a confident group, um, and Coach Simon always has them really, really well prepared. So, um, and you know I think they're they're actually shooting the ball better from the perimeter than they have in years past. So you know they kind of have an inside-out. Strength that um, you know I think will will we'll certainly take some time to prepare for over the weekend, but you know again it's really there are such good teams in this league and yeah. such good players and such good coaches, um, you know, and you have to get your team prepared in two days or in one day to to play against those teams. so I think you know hopefully our non conference has, has has prepared us to to be a really strong team in the league, and we have to do what we do really well, you know and obviously i'll prepare my kids for Brandeis or for Case or for Carnegie and whoever we're matched up with, but it's really just about us going out there and doing what we need to do, you know, play NYU basketball. And I think we've we've really started to brand that, and I think we, we play a fun style. Um, you know, our kids buy into it. They play hard. They compete. Um, we play a brand where a lot of kids get to play and a lot of kids get to touch it, touch the ball. So, you know, hopefully that involves a lot of people and, and makes us hard to scout against.
0: Before we get into talking about your team specifically, another question about the UAA. How do you see this shaping up this season? Um, Is this a dogfight for the top? Is this a multiple-bid conference? Is this a free-for-all, maybe? Maybe.
10: Yeah, you know, I. it, it is always a dogfight. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what I love, and, and I hate about the um <laughs> <laughs> uh, There is not one night or day off. I mean, you have to come prepared every every single day, um, you know, it, and it doesn't matter. And, you know, I think we were a good example of that two years ago when we were sitting at, we'd only won one conference game, and mm-hmm. WashU came to us, and they were kind of roaring through the UAA and we beat them on our home floor, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't think anybody expected them that to happen, and certainly that. That's happened last year. That happen, that, that, that'll That happen this year because teams are so well-coached and they're such good players on each one of these teams. I think it'll be a dogfight every single game.
0: You know, we, I promised we would talk about your team, and so let's do that. Uh, you talk about the somewhat veteran-ness of this team, certainly has been through a lot. Um, and with you in the three years that you've been there, uh, you have, I believe, what, three seniors on this squad? Uh, two seniors, I'm sorry. Two seniors. can't read S.O. and SR. Um, mm-hmm. And a whole host of juniors and sophomores. So in some ways, you're loaded still for the future when you only have two seniors. But of course, Melissa Pang uh, and Lexi, Bob uh, Dominic um, certainly have their contributions as well. We don't want to take anything away. But Megan Daw is your leading scorer. Amy, uh, is it Harioka? Her- you got it. Yep. No. Oh, hey, you never know. Sometimes <laughs> it's a good guess. And uh, Emily Rowe, Caitlin Reed. It's the underclassmen. That are ones who are leading the stat sheets.
10: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, our seniors are, are really important to our program. With What they've kind of helped guide us through over the last three years um, is totally irreplaceable, their leadership. Uh, but, you know, in Peng last year, Melissa Peng was our starting point guard and played 38 minutes for us, basically, a game. Um, she's not having to do that this year. Uh, last year, that was because of an injury that instead of playing 30 minutes a game, she was having to play 38. Right. And, uh, you know, we got a freshman point guard that's able to back her up a little bit and play really quality minutes. But, yeah, I mean, we have a great, we have three junior. Juniors, and then the rest are sophomores and freshmen who are playing big minutes for us. And um, I think every year, even my first year, certainly we we've had freshmen and sophomores really be willing to to take on um, a big leadership role and to step into pressure situations and handle it with confidence and poise. And um, so that that's that's just kind of us that's nyu and um you know again they've kind of risen to the challenge and they accept the challenge it's the kind of kid we get here too at nyu you know if you're going to come to new york city and um go go to such a high academic school i think you have to be a little tough you have to be a little resilient you have to have some confidence um so i'm lucky enough to get those sorts of young women in our program
0: and certainly winning games by double digits allows you to get some extra players in you've played 10 in every game but they've played a minimum of 15 minutes so it's not like um, you're you're playing ten because you can in a double digit victory. You're playing ten consistently. You're yeah. and by that, someone looks at the stat sheet, and goes, "Geez, this team's deep." Yeah.
10: Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of going into the season, I you know, obviously, I had to get a look at how everybody looked returning from the summer and how our freshmen did. Um, but I, I, you know, early on, within about the first week, I you know, and honestly, Dave, I could go a little bit deeper, but it's hard to find all the time. Yeah. You know, I have some kids who can put on, put the ball in the basket, who really work hard in practice, but it's hard to play twelve players. Um, so you know, we we have ten that can contribute, and um, you know, it, at first it was kind of hard. For me to figure out how to play a ball I guess that's a good, a good, a good problem to have. But we've we've started to settle into those roles and, and those minutes. But I certainly think it's a, a a great asset for us.
0: Hey, just go to the system type uh, uh, program and just sub every, five every you know minute or two. Um, <laughs> yeah. or if you're playing style, a slowdown right? Isn't that every what three... doing? yeah
10: yeah if you're playing a yeah.
0: slowdown three or four minutes you can sub a five in <laughs> just give your PA announcer and, and radio guys a heads up on who you're subbing. Um, there you go. Yeah, Obviously, you get players from around the country. A lot of UAA schools do. There's no surprise mm-hmm. there. Um, California certainly seems to be a favorite hot spot. No, Nothing wrong with recruiting in Santa Clarita or uh, Danville or L.A. Uh, or, of course, San Diego. But you also have yeah. Florida, Texas, Illinois, uh, New York. No surprise there. Washington State, you guys have a large reach. Certainly, I'm sure the school helps with that. But is it also a goal of yours to look... Uh, as far as you can for players?
10: Yeah, I think our our goal is, you know, and I have a great staff here, uh Cassandra Loftus and Lizzie Boick, um, you know, and this other assistants I've had are really willing to work hard. They get out, they recruit. Um that added with the resources we have at NYU to go do that. I think we have to. You know, it's not that we wouldn't prefer to just look in New Jersey and New York and stay close to home. It's um you know I think there's such a specific kid that that, um is going to be able to take on and want NYU. They have to be a high academic kid. They have to be comfortable in an urban setting. They have to want a really competitive, all good Things, but you know, specific so you got your reach has to be wide, and so we look anywhere there's a good basketball player that's got a good GPA, you know, um, that has that sort of toughness and confidence going to take on the city. So, and we've been lucky, you know, again, we we have the resources here at NYU to do that, and I have assistant coaches who really get out and work hard.
0: And again, you make the NCAA tournament last year, first time I think since 2009, that was, of course, the last time uh, you guys had a 21 season, and I mean that as a program. Uh 23-5, uh, and five. I, I probably asked you this last year, but I don't remember. What was your draw to come to NYU as head coach now in your third season?
10: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually a really easy question for me. Um, it, it, at first, it was just the rich history of success they had had. Um, you know, under Janice Quinn, who's now my direct boss, they mm-hmm. had been to the, the tournament year after year after year. So th- that to me meant it could be done. It could be done the resources there are there, the support is there. The desire to come to NYU are there um, you know, and then I think the second part of that was once I had met the administration and found out that basketball women's basketball is very important here um, to the administration. That meant something to me, you know, and coupled with the world-class education kids can get here, um, I felt like I had, you know, a really, really good product that I could talk to families about and stand behind. I think as a coach, that's what you want. You want to be able to stand behind the product and, you know, be able to look families in the eye and, and know that this is going to prepare their daughter for the real world, and, and NYU will certainly do that. So I have loved being at NYU for going into my third season. It's been awesome.
0: Well, 10-0 on the season. Uh, as we mentioned, Brandeis coming up on Saturday. Quickly out of conference to play Hunter uh, on Monday before getting back into conference play on the road, uh, traveling to the lovely Ohio and Pittsburgh area. Uh, hopefully the weather holds for you guys. Case Western Reserve and Carnegie Mellon, that's all coming up in the next four. Uh, coach, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Certainly appreciate it. Um, as always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in?
10: No, just everyone you know, coaches that are listening, fans enjoy the season as everybody kind of gears up into the conference play. And Dave, thanks for for what you do for Division Three hoops. It's awesome.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. Uh, congratulations once again, and we'll look forward to watching the Violets the rest of the season. Okay, thanks so much, Dave. Thank you, Lauren Hill, joining us here on Hoopsville again. The team is ten and O, and we mentioned. Start conference action with a game at Brandeis. Big game for everybody, of course, in UAA action. Wash U will be playing Chicago. Carnegie Mellon will be playing Gase Western. Rochester playing Emory. It's a big day uh, for the UAA as they get conference action going, and uh, we'll keep an eye on both the men's and women's side there. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll jump out to the West Coast and talk to George Fox, women's basketball coach, Michael Meek. That's all coming up here on Hoopsville. Don't forget, you can interact with us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
3: Division three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things. Not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to. There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back, taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major.
4: Choosing a Division Three school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus.
3: Division III in athletics you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate, in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball, it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. I hope you're enjoying our Thursday edition here. Don't forget, again, as we've mentioned, we are now Sunday and Thursday throughout the basketball season. 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time is our scheduled uh, broadcasting time. You can find out more information on that and when else we're on the air, uh, any specials we're doing, what we're traveling to, etc. Just go to uh, Twitter at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com or on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also ask our guests questions. If you have guest suggestions yourselves, feel free to send them our way. Just got done talking uh, NYU women's basketball in the East region. Of course, on Thursdays, we talk East, Mid-Atlantic, Great Lakes, a little bit of South region, and of course, West region. So we'll go from the East region in women's basketball all the way to the other side of the United States and the West region. And joining us on the Hoopsville hotline is Coach Michael Meek from the number tenth ranked George Fox women's basketball team. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Ah, uh, Dave, thank you for having me on today. Absolutely appreciate you taking the time. Team is off to another tremendous start, eleven and zero. I know uh, when I, eleven and zero, I should say, in two and zero in the Northwest Conference. I know when we were yep. talking to uh, our our good friend uh, in your radio broadcaster. Um, at the Las Vegas Classic, uh, he certainly was excited about the season. What's your take on the season so far?
6: Oh, you know it, it's it's definitely been a, 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 a just a great season. It's been a super group to work with. Uh, you know, highly competitive. We're we're not really as big and physical as we've been in the past, but just a a really fast, athletic team that's that I think is a a, a really really fun team to watch as well.
0: Um it's it's one of those teams where you know you guys have had plenty of success obviously over the years yeah. uh 20 win seasons 30 win seasons going 32 and0 obviously and winning a championship in zero nine thirty two 9 32 and one in 2012 a little bit of a lull spot there in 201213 but back at it last year at 22 and five now again at 11 and0 and and really you look at the schedule you haven't had a ton of challenges when it looks to scores. You've won all your games by double figures, though certainly Linfield gave you a bit of a scare uh, just a few uh, days ago. Um, had a tight yep. game, should say, within double figures against Wisconsin Lutheran early on the season, 62-58. What's been the secret to success this season?
6: Well, I think, you know, it, it, we you know we have had a few g- games. I think it's been, you know, great character builders. The, the Wisconsin Lutheran game, we were down most of the game and just just really showed i thought a lot of grit and toughness um you know kind of battling through one of those games that that we weren't hitting a lot of shots and i think you know a lot of it had to do with their defense but we just kept battling i think we were down 13 with about seven to go and you know finally just started to make a run and uh you know i think this team's ability you know to turn people over and to put pressure on people i think this is you know one of the better shooting teams we've had in some years and and so we can make you know runs at at any time during the game and uh you know i i don't know it just it's it's been a different team it's a different type of team a different type of style i think we've been able to kind of regroup this year and 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 really kind of put in a system that really fit well with these kids and and kind of how we want to set things up here so it's 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 been a great year but also you know our the the our league is just you know, I think we've had three teams in the championship game in the last six years, and yeah. and I would tell you our league is as good as it's ever been. So you know, we're we know that you know there's still a lot of work left.
0: In last year, you guys started the season 14 and 0 before taking a hit against Whitman, then rattled off five straight before having a rough finish to the season, losing four of your last seven. In bunches, Whitman got you again, yeah. then Whitworth then you won three straight and then Whitworth cut you in back-to-backs that rare occasion because of where you guys located you lose them in the conference championship and then lose them in the NCAA tournament um you know this is obviously that's the nature of the uh, of the game sometimes but how tough was that finish to the season and and has it resonated into this year at all
6: yeah, you know, I, I think that we have obviously have a lot of kids back from that team and, and, and still have some kids back from the team that played in the National Championship game. So, you know, we have kids, you know, kids are really hungry, and I, I think a lot of that just speaks to the volume of how strong our league is, and, and, and the fact is is that, uh, you know, we, we finished second in our league last year, uh, you know, finished second to a team that played in the National Championship game, and then... Uh, obviously lost in the league or our, our tournament and then also in the round 64 to another league opponent. So, uh, you know, it's just the grind and the fight of trying to get to our own league at this point. And, you know, of course, you know, we had three teams that got in the tournament. Um, and, and then of course we were all in the same, uh, you know, kind of first round. It was very close to our league tournament again going right back to back. So. I, I think the difficult part is, um, you know, it's great to see Whitman get through and make it all the way to the national championship game because it just shows how strong our league is, and uh, you know, the the hope would be we could spread out a little bit more and make a, you know, have a few teams have the opportunity to make a deep run.
0: Well, you you talk about the conference. Let's stick to that for just a minute. You point out Whitman and their tremendous yeah. season. Of course, you guys have had a tremendous season. Whitworths having a great season. It's not that long ago when we were talking about other co- schools in this conference having great seasons as well. Um, right now, it's it's essentially a four dog race. Uh, as yeah. Pacific, at least in conference action, is off mm-hmm. to a good two and zero start. They're six and five overall. Whitman is two and one and seven and five. You guys again, twelve and zero. I'm sorry, you guys eleven and zero. Whitworth is twelve and zero, and both undefeated in conference play. Yeah. How does this conference shake out this year?
6: Man, I I, I think it's you know you know we talked a lot about the teams that are up at the top, but I think even the even the teams that maybe are sitting at zero and two right now or one and one. I mean, any team on any night is capable, and I, I think that's the one thing that has really helped our teams make such deep runs is that it just prepares you know our league is so prepared when we get into the national tournament and uh you know there's there's not a weekend and not a game that you know we we overlook i mean we feel like we have to take each game one at a time and uh, i i really couldn't tell you i mean i could see this league going so many different directions this year i think whitman you know who's who's sitting at i think two and one right now is is obviously a team that played in the national championship they have one of the better players in the nation that's a senior this year in point guard has Johns and uh, you know, UPS is, you know, their first loss was, was tough this last weekend and, and they're an outstanding team as well. Had a great non-league. And uh, so I, 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 don't know. I, I, I really couldn't tell you I mean we're, right now. We're just taking one game at a time and, and know that if we can finish near the top, you know, we're going to be, uh, you know, a contender to go deep into the tournament and that's really what we're looking to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at your schedule coming up. You got Pacific Lutheran and Ann Willamette this weekend. Then you've got the Whitman and Whitworth uh, duo, and of course that will be at home. How important is yep. while you certainly are off to a two and zero start with wins over Linfield and Puget Sound? How important is it to keep it rolling and keep playing well before you have you know the the Whit uh, doubleheader coming up?
6: Yeah, well, we're you know just I, I think this team in particular has really done a great job of taking every. You know whether it's a game opportunity or even a practice opportunity is an opportunity to get better and improve. And, and so we're we're going in this weekend like, you know we're we're playing every game for the league championship. And um, so we're not treating any team or any opponent different than the next. And uh, you know I feel like it's important that we're able to take this and and get better. And you know whatever whatever the outcome is of each game, uh, you know we're just taking it as a new opportunity to improve. And uh, I, I again I I feel like. With PLU, they've they've really done some nice things, and um, you know they graduate some good seniors they have came back and have some good wins this year. And and Willamette, I think is off to the best start they've had in in probably the last decade. So, um, you know, it is it is important to have a a good weekend, um, but you know to to get ready for the next one as well. But I, I I don't honestly I couldn't even have told you here until a few days ago who we even played after this weekend because we're just so kind of focused at one game at a time so
0: what are the coaching conversations like when you guys as a conference get together when you have the likes of yourselves and whitman and whitworth who've had tremendous success even lewis and clark who's had 20 win seasons and the like what are those conference? what are those conversations like amongst a group of teams and a group of coaches who have certainly seen quite a bit of success and raised raised the level of competition in this conference
6: yeah, I, I I think mostly just, you know, I how do I say this? Maybe the the difficulty of knowing that however many teams we can get in that you know, we're gonna be seeing each other early again, uh, or or at least the, the, the chance of that. And so uh I I think that, you know, one thing I think we all agree on is from top to bottom. I, I just don't see many conferences that could be better around the nation. Um and and so that's something I think that is that that is tough and difficult and, and makes it really, um, you know, uh, exciting for planning and preparing because we know every every weekend is going to be a really good battle, um, but also you know kind of looking ahead, going man, I I think a lot of the conversations round around. I hope they just split us up a little bit and, and have an opportunity to to get out and see other teams and and, and really have, like you know Whitworth in particular. I think they lost to, to women by one in the round. Of, 32 last year yeah. and uh, you know that, that another team that more than capable of making a deep run last year and you know what won our league tournament and, and then went to Whitman and lost by one in that round at 32 so I, I think that's you know a lot of it I think is, is talked about that and, and, and just what a great job so many coaches in our league are doing right now.
0: I really felt bad for you when I looked at the at the schedule and of course you know you, you had Trinity and Laverne come out to visit you uh, you then traveled yeah. to Wisconsin to play Whitewater and Wisconsin Lutheran, as we pointed out. Uh, you traveled uh, down to the to the Southern Cal area to, to play Cal Lutheran and Claremont and Then he said, "You know what? Our travel's not good enough. You know why don't we go to Hawaii, uh, yeah, where you played yeah. Wheaton and Lake Forest." I really feel bad for you. You guys have had the short end of the <laughs> yeah. stick in the in the in the non-conference schedule, Coach. I mean, Hawaii.
6: Who wants to go there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they're they're that was tough. Yeah. And, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I think our our kids really had a, a great time there, and you know, able to do some things. But we we really do treat you know each game and each opportunity as a business and uh, a business trip and a, a trip that we're there to really take care of. Uh, the games first and foremost, and uh, I, I will say that you know, in that term particular, obviously, there's some great things with it. But the the fact for us to try to get Division three opponents and, and try to get mm-hmm. them to the Northwest is just so difficult. And uh, so we we do end up having to travel way more than we'd like to. I mean, I'd, I'd way rather have taken one or two of those trips and, and had them you know be at home more and be able to get our. our we just have nice. amazing community support here and. Uh, just get more of those games here, but it's just the difficulty of that. I think that's another thing that that our league talks about is is just the the cost of us having to get D three opponents and in, in to play them. It's just a, a you know really really tough for our conference being out here in the northwest and, and so far removed from a lot of other leagues.
0: And to translate that out, as a result, do you kind of then get the 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 understanding of the challenge that the NCAA faces when trying to move you guys out of that island? Um, per se, um, when it comes to the NCAA tournament, do you guys then get that sense of appreciation of a how much it's costing you, b you know how difficult it is to get those opponents to that you can understand the scenario, or do you kind of still kind of hit your head into the wall going, come on, break us up a little bit out here?
6: Well, I you know I think you know we can all see what what you know what the reasoning or what is said you know about doing that, and I'm not you know in in that conversation, but sure. Um, I, I do think there's that mix of us having to, to 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 find these. We have to go in the non-league, but then when the, the tournament goes, uh, you know that that's an opportunity for us to be split up because we've already had to go out and travel and, uh, and and get a chance. I think I I would think a lot of our teams in our league would would much rather be split apart again that time of the year, so we could see the, see those other teams. I, I think it was really good for. Uh, UPS and, and 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 Whitworth and Whitman last few years as well, and, and us included, have really tried to get out more to see teams from around the nation. You know, so we could, you know, we can show that we can play with some of these other great leagues as well. Um, and and you know, there's a lot of great leagues and a lot of great teams out there, and and I think our league is, has done really well, proving not only in non-league this year and in the past, but also when we get into the tournament. Uh, you know, the the one team that usually gets the chance to go past that round of 32, how they can do. And uh, I think especially when when we're getting three teams in, it, it would definitely be nice to have more of a split there.
0: Uh, talking to Coach Michael Meek here, the number ten George Fox women's basketball head coach and coach talking about travel. Looking at your roster, you certainly have a plenty of Washington and Oregon uh, students. You have one from California. Yeah. Got to point out the Soldotna, Alaska student uh, only because I know how to say Soldotna. Uh, Julie Litchfield, your <laughs> yeah. freshman there. That's got to be a heck of a recruiting trip for yourself.
6: Yeah, well, that that uh, you know, I, I think sometimes. You get kids that, that really have natural draws to our school and our university. And, um, you know, she's been a great fit to our school. I, I, you know, we've had other kids from Alaska in the past, but we're, we're, you know, we're generally able to recruit Oregon, Washington well and in this area. And, uh, you know, that's where most of our recruiting comes from.
0: I, I at least hope you're, you're recruiting up in Alaska during the really nice summer months <laughs> and not yeah, when the sun yeah. is barely up in the middle of the winter, especially in Saldana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Looking at your team, listen, you've got two seniors on this squad and certainly they're two of the biggest leaders, but you've got a lot of underclassmen uh-huh. stepping up as well. Uh uh Justine Brenner, 15.1 points a game. She's a junior. You then have Jamie Morris, your senior, and Lauren Coldling, uh Codling, I'm sorry, your yep. senior, yep. both 11 plus points a game. Then junior Sammy And then, and then Go
6: ahead. Dacia heckendorf as well as our is our third senior. Thank you. But,
0: yeah. I I yep, she's sitting there on the list, and I just didn't spot her, but Obviously, you've got this upperclassmen leadership, but you've got underclassmen who are certainly f- comfortable with their role. This is the kind of season that can be magical as a result.
6: Yeah, I, I you know, we've had you know just such an amazing depth the last few years, and uh, you know we graduated some great players, and but really felt like you know even going through the last couple of years with our practices and how hard our kids work and the competitiveness of this group. I mean. Uh, you know, Jamie and Daish are two kids that were a part of the the team that made a national championship run, and you know they're they're great leaders. Lauren has is, is been just a tremendous leader, and, and and you can see statistically just how many different things that she does. Oh, yeah. She had a near triple double last game, and uh, so so you know this this senior class is just really stepping up to the challenges, and you know I think we're picked fourth in our league, and in, in in one that speaks of how good our league is, but also. You know that that also fires them up too, and 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 they know that you know the type of group that we have coming back, and the type of competitors they are, and and uh, and then you know like you said, I mean we definitely have a great core of young kids that you know are, are going to be returning next year as well, and and are bringing great things to this group.
0: Well, and you talk about kindly, I love that you know. It, a little bit more on her: 11 and a half points a game, <laughs> yeah. 11 rebounds a game is what she's averaging. Averaging over oh, yeah. two blocks a game, three and a half steals a game. She's even handing out uh, almost two assists a game. Talk about a great inside presence. Um, I, I say inside presence, and that's only because I'm assuming uh, maybe yeah, a little yeah. bit too we'll more than I things. should. But that's a heck of a presence to have on the floor. Well, that you know that, and that's
6: one of the differences I think is you know in the in the past of you pricing us, we've just been so big in the middle, and and mm-hmm. right now she's, you know, playing a lot of the five spot for us. She's about five eleven, so mm-hmm. so a lot smaller than we've been, but you know, just an active, tenacious player that that just is, does so many things. You know, I think last game she she had ten points, twenty rebounds, uh, seven assists, uh, five blocks. I mean. Just, just a, a, just a really versatile player, um, and, and and just brings a, a lot of grit and determination to our team, and uh, it's been, it's just really been great to see her kind of come into things, get more comfortable with what we're doing, and and really come out and have a great senior year, and uh, added to you know a lot of the other kids that, that we have they are doing great things too, and it's just a, re- a really good shooting team and, and and a team that if if you've seen us play, really can. Kind of grind things out defensively as well, which I think, you know, ultimately championship teams can do is they can defend and rebound. And you know, I think we're really off to a good start in that area.
0: Yeah, you're a team that's scoring 75 points a game, giving up seven uh, in conference, 72 points a game. Um, certainly nothing to shake a stick at. And then defensively, you're only giving up a little under 59 points a game. So certainly. Things that coaches like. I know Justin Sweeney, by the way, has already got his plans set for Calvin, <laughs> yeah. so no pressure. Uh, he's expecting yeah, yeah. to be be at Calvin for the Final Four, so I'm just warning you that uh, you're going to be disappointing him if you don't do get there.
6: <laughs> uh, Justin's awesome. Yeah, we got we got to make sure we take care of him. So we're, you know, that's that's our that's our goal is getting back there. So,
0: well, I'm sure he'll appreciate it, uh, Coach. I appreciate you coming on and, and chatting about the the Bruins uh obviously off to a great 11-0 start again uh you know pack lou and uh ahead of you and then will Ammett, of course this weekend um, and you split that one because obviously everybody's pretty close together there in uh in oregon yeah. uh but then you'll have that that road trip to whitman and whitworth up in in uh washington state as always we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be watching
6: Hi, uh, David. Just, again, want to appreciate you for everything you guys are doing and, um, you know, for Division Three, not only basketball, but athletics. And uh, just really want to wish everyone a, a great season and, and, and lots of help uh, all season.
0: Very well said. Thank you, Coach, for tuning, joining us, and we'll look forward to watching you the rest of the season, including the, in what is definitely a competitive Northwest Conference. Great. Thanks, David. Take care. Thank you. Coach Michael Meek joining us here. On Hoops, so will appreciate him taking the time to do so again. Off to a terrific start at 11-0. We pointed out uh, the split uh, road home game this weekend between Pacific Lutheran at home. Willamette on the road before then traveling to Whitman and Whitworth the following weekend. Keep an eye on the Bruins. Keep an eye on this conference. It's going to be certainly fun to watch uh, the rest of the way and we look forward to. Maybe we'll get the D3Hoops.com Classic out in Hawaii. I mean, I love Vegas and all, but Hawaii, that would be even better. Pat Coleman and Sport Tours, if you're listening. Anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll shift gears and go back into men's basketball and talk to and jump back onto the East Coast. Go into the Mid-Atlantic region talk to Mid-Atlantic men's basketball coach Chris Rogers. You're listed at Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
1: College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. I know sports is important,
3: but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division III school, school is really shaped around
2: you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person.
3: Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue.
4: By balancing all of my interests basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville here on Thursday, the 8th of January. Hope you're enjoying the show. Reminder, we're on Sundays and Thursdays now, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Of course, we tend to go into overtime, but that's pretty much what our time frame is. If you have any questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or use the hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. One of the teams at... Maybe flying a little bit under the radar, but certainly isn't under my radar, only because it's nice to see them back into the conversation, as it were, are the Marymount Saints out of the Capital Athletic Conference in Arlington, Virginia. And joining us via Skype, which we certainly are enjoying taking advantage of this year, is six-year head coach Chris Rogers. Coach, uh, first and foremost, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, let's just get down to the nitty gritty here. You guys are off to a ten and two start on the season. You're four and one in what has already in in just a, a quick year and a half become a very difficult CAC. Um, this is a team that's sixteen and twelve last year. Kind of reemerged from a seven and eighteen season. Six and nineteen. Six and nineteen. Fifteen and twelve. Marymount just hasn't. Yeah, you know, returned to its glory days, as it were, and I'm old enough to remember those pretty darn well. Um, but at the same time, I mean, ten and two on the season—is this as good as you thought you guys would be at this point?
8: I, I thought we had a chance to be pretty good. Um, we, you know, we finally—it's—it's you know, it's been a process. We, uh, when I got the job, we had seven seniors who were really experienced and, and had played a lot of college basketball. And, um, we didn't have any, we, I, we had one, we got one freshman. I got the job really late and, and there was one freshman and, uh, some guys in between. And then, you know, we, we were up and down that first year. And then after that, you know, there were a lot of changes going on and, um, and a lot of changes in the program and at Marymount. And, and so it has taken some time, but through the course of the last three years, you know, we finally have some seniors, played a lot of college basketball, um, some juniors some s- sophomores who have played and now a you know a, we have continuity basically so it's taken some time and uh, I expected us to be successful this year I wasn't sure how successful obviously I'm really happy with where we are right now I'm not satisfied <laughs> but I, I did expect us to be competitive you know the CAC is a very competitive conference but I did expect us to be you know to have the success. That we're having. I just wasn't exactly sure where we would be at this point. So, you know, I'm happy where we are, but not, you know, not satisfied yet. Well, you start the season with a win over Roanoke,
0: a team I've had my eye on because Paige Moyer seems to have uh, gotten his team to reemerge into the ODAC conversation and was a big win, 86 57. That got my attention. Got a win over a Rhode Island college team, certainly under a new head coach, but still talented. You beat Southern Vermont by a few points. Uh, Shannon, uh, uh, Southern Virginia, you played the Southerns there for a bit. Uh, yeah. Gave you a hard time, but you were able to come out with a win. Then you get a nice, solid win over Wesley. You get a nice, solid win over St. Mary's. You trip over Lynchburg, but then re- recover. And, of course, you play Roanoke a second time. I'm sure you and Paige are b- best of buddies now. But you, Yeah, you, we
8: tried to avoid that. Yeah, one. yeah.
0: <laughs> but you follow up with a win there. Merriam-Washington, which you know everyone knows is probably better than its record, trips you guys up but then you respond with a big win on the road last night at york what i'm noticing is when you guys hit a rough spot you've been responding and that's usually what i hear coaches
8: say is the biggest key yeah just these last couple years we just didn't have any upperclassmen in fact you know two years ago we had one senior um last year we had one senior and Prior to that, those guys didn't have any upperclassmen to really lead the way. We had two guys that were great kids, good for our program, but they had transferred in and were the only other two seniors, so they'd only been in the program for a year. Um, so there just wasn't a lot of older guys, guys for guys to learn from. So the 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 easiest thing I can say is is we have talented guys who are now mature and are showing some discipline. And and that's why I think we're bouncing back a little more quickly. Um, you know Lynchburg's really good. I don't, I, and I know you know, mm-hmm. Dave. I mean Lynchburg, I think, has three losses, maybe four, but they lost to Macon by one, yeah. uh, Stockton by one. Um, I mean they're good and they really defend. And Mary Washington is absolutely better than their record. Um, I, I told my guys that, uh, you know, but they're college kids. I don't know if they believe me. <laughs> and, um, and 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 Mark he, he he coached a really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah they're pretty talented they're gonna they're they're gonna give people in in the CAC a lot of problems so in the second half of the season
0: Marcus is the is the uh, the the uh, key there you know they're better because he's the head coach granted they've gone through a lot in the last year so I don't think expectations were that high but they're still tough when I look at your squad you certainly have a lot of upperclassmen you also have a lot of youth on this squad this seems like the perfect year for transition Uh, if you guys want to keep this running as it were you've got a number of seniors but you've got so many guys underneath who are gaining that experience and seeing what winning is like uh, once again at Marymount that it, it makes it seem on paper like you can
8: continue this trend as it were yeah I hope so you know I mean the biggest difference is that we have some depth and our practices are pretty competitive I mean you know we mix up the teams every day and on any given day a single guy can go off in practice and, and you know and, and and there's never any there's no blowouts in practice whether it's in a drill or it's it's competitive so to be able to have that in practice to be able to have young guys who aren't afraid and can step up and have the older guys who don't really you know want the younger guys to be successful in that sense you know in that specific drill or or whatever that's been the biggest key we've had some freshmen play unbelievable especially early on our tip-off tournament and then you know they've been able to then you know they've kind of regressed the mean a little bit I mean it was tough to keep up the level that they were playing at but they've been able to actually stay consistent as freshmen and in our upperclassmen was kind of built steam we have some talented kids you know I mean we have like so you're right we have the formula I have talented kids who work hard I have good assistant coaches and uh you know and, and we've been able to we've been able to avoid some injuries and, and things like that. So yeah, so I think you know these guys are learning from the older guys, which is, this is what the older guys didn't have, which is you know uh, what maybe took the may, made this take so long, at least in my mind because every coach is impatient. but they have older guys who are doing things the right way and they're becoming accustomed to winning, at least right now right away. And uh, so, yeah, I hope we can keep it rolling. Talking to Chris Rogers, head coach for
0: Marymount. Again, team is off to a 10-2 and two, start, 4-1 and one in CAC play. And we talk about this team. You're led by two seniors, of course. Uh, forgive me if I screw their names up, but Jesse uh, Conadu, 14.8 points a game. J.C. Holick at 12.2 points a game. Those are your leaders, but you've got a freshman right behind them and DeAndre Stockman at 8.5 points a game, a sophomore, Michael Anderson, uh, at 8.1 points a game, uh, and then another freshman, Dimitri Rucker. Of course, it's just points per game that I'm mentioning. So you're gaining you – got the leadership, but you're gaining that experience at least in the stat sheet as well.
8: Yeah, I, you know, I think Dimitri and DJ, uh, are two freshmen, two of the freshmen, were leading scorers even uh, – I'm saying they were the first leading scorer, mm-hmm. the se- leading scorer and the second leading scorer in our – First two or three games, which that was really, really caught me by surprise, to be honest. But they're both pretty talented. Um, and, you know, Jesse Conadu, if, if uh, league coaches know, but Jesse Conadu was the player of the year in Northern Virginia his senior year. And I mean, that's pretty hard to do. Um, you know, he was second team all met, uh, and he was the freshman of the year in our league, and he shot 40% from three. I mean, he's just really good as a freshman. And Jesse had been hurt. He got hurt as a sophomore and then wasn't really healthy last year as a junior. And he did the work over the summer, and he's just been the toughest guy in the gym most nights. I mean, he's the guy we all thought he could be, the guy that he was when he was a freshman. Um, J.C. Hollick, you know, there's not too many times where you get a six-nine, 250-pound kid that has good hands that can run up and down the floor. Uh, so we're pretty fortunate with him. And we have other guys making contributions yeah, as far as points. Michael Anderson is a tough kid. Um, he really competes, knows how to play. Um, you know, We have another freshman who starts for us who doesn't score but is probably one of the best defensive freshmen I've ever coached. And this is, I think, my 16th year coaching in college. Uh, Alex Danko, who's a, uh, from South Jersey, he's from PVI in South Jersey. Um, and then we have another senior who starts for us who just does everything. He leads us in assists. And was a second team All AC guy, Antonio Rouse, who can pretty much go off at any time, but just does all the dirty work. So we have a really good mix, and there's other guys that just mix in and fill gaps. I mean, we were down when we were in Daytona. Um, DeAndre Stockman got hurt against Maryville, and we brought in, you know Danny Ferry, who's a junior. He got DJ's minutes in that game, and Danny went five for ten from three and scored 21 points. I mean, you know. So, we have a little bit of a next guy mentality uh, that guys just step up and play no matter what. So, well, it's been good. And you're, it's been good and
0: you're playing about 10 deep. Uh, in at least 11 of those 12 games, you're playing 10 guys. Um, clearly, you're willing to go deep on the bench. And, you know, other guys, everybody on your roster has pretty much seen time at some point or another. But you're going 10 deep almost every game. You know, that's got to be a blessing as well.
8: Yeah, and unfortunately and, and too, we had a, a kid who didn't play in the first semester, who probably would have started at the four for us. He's finally healthy now, and he got to play a little bit last night, and he played all right. So I, I mean, I was excited. Rick Narciss, who's a, who's a junior from uh, Silver Spring. I, I mean, so I'm, you know, it's great to have him back because he really competes, and I mean, he 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 can do a lot of things. He, he guards, but he can and he can guard anybody. He can guard a point guard. He can guard a post. So. Hopefully he gets back in shape. He's not quite in shape yet, but, you know, he looked good last night and, um, you know, he would be a bonus if he he gets healthy and kind of gets, you know, he can brush the rust off a little bit. It it will be good for us. Looking at this roster too, I'm starting to see maybe a little bit of an expansion,
0: as it were, into your recruiting area. I'm used to Maryland. I'm used to seeing Virginia, even maybe a New Jersey uh, guy on a Marymount squad. I'm not used to a Tempe, Arizona, a Queens, New York um there was an uh, a Cromwell Connecticut
8: yeah St. Louis Missouri yeah, yeah.
0: Missouri exactly Cromwell uh, you're you're expanding things just a little bit is that is that by design or by happenstance
8: well no I, Well, two. too I mean you you're, you're from the area and you know I mean we're 15 minutes from Reagan from Reagan National nice you know and Dulles and <laughs> BWI are close I think DC is an appealing place uh to kids to go to school um and, you know, my previous job, I, I worked at Franklin and Marshall, and, um, I, you know, my last year there, I think our starting five was from, from St. Louis, Orlando, Texas, uh, New York, New Jersey. I, we were there from all over the place, um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, at Franklin and Marshall, I was d- able to develop a lot of contacts, um, kind of, na- you know, nationally, and... Um, I've been able to carry over some of it to here you know and actually it's been easier because it's so much easier travel wise and everything else and it's a little more metropolitan area. Uh, and believe me we we're trying to do our best there's a, there's a lot of schools in the area and there's a lot of guys that are, that are uh, and guys really work hard around here in good schools so you know we tried to expand our recruiting base to you know up the talent level and, it, and it's worked so far. So um, hopefully we can keep doing yeah, that. It certainly has worked out nicely. Thank you for the segue, by the way. You mentioned your
0: previous coaching job at Franklin and Marshall, where you were assistant under Glenn Robinson. We'll get to that in a minute. But you also were assistant under another great uh, Mid-Atlantic coach and Brad McAllister at Lebanon Valley. They're having a good start to the season as well. But you're a D1 guy. You played at Penn State. Um, but you've been doing all your coaching in Division three. What's, what, I, I just kind of love to get the mentality. What's it like to to have played in the Big Ten, played in Penn State, played in the Big D1 stuff and NIT and all that stuff, but you're coaching in a much different division?
8: Yeah, I, I, I have very fond memories of that. You know, my freshman year at Penn State was our first year, Penn State's first year in the Big yeah. Ten. It was a rough experience, to say the least, that yeah, year. sure. Um <laughs> But, I, 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 you know, I was really, I've been really fortunate. So just about the whole coaches I've been, you know, uh, exposed to. I mean, you know, Bruce Parkhill, who was my head coach at Penn State when I got there, is no longer coaching but was a very good coach. And our assistants at the time were Mark Schmidt, who's a head coach at St. Bonaventure, uh, Ed DeCellis, who's the head coach at Navy, um, Jerry Dunn, who was with the Knicks the last couple of years and now the head coach at Tuskegee, Um, you know, and Frank Haith, who was at Miami and at Missouri, and I think is now at Tulsa, those were our assistant coaches. Um, So I was around a lot of good guys, good coaches in in college, and we had a great experience. I mean, by the time I graduated, you know, my junior year, we played in the NIT Final Four. My senior year, we tied, We assume we came in second in the Big Ten and went to the NCAA tournament. So I was able to experience a lot there. Um, But to be completely honest, I mean, basketball is basketball. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, it's no different. We don't treat it any differently. You know, when we're upstairs, it's life or death. And, and it was the same way we were there. You know, now we take buses. I, I actually, I think I remember, I took one bus in four years at, at Penn State. We played tempo at Hershey Arena. Yeah, there's no point so, in anything but a bus. <laughs> yeah, we took a bus. So in one road game in four years, we took a bus. Um, so that's a little different now, but it's really not. I mean, you know, and and, and I got out of it. Actually coached in high school in Colorado, uh, and then came back, and um, and I was really fortunate. I mean, I was I went to grad school at Westchester and was around Dick Delaney, who's yeah. a really good coach at Westchester. Worked for Herb McGee, and and um, and I actually worked in the athletic department. I just hung around the basketball program as much as I could during grad school, and then I worked for Brad. And you know, Brad is a great coach, a really good guy. He's doing a great job this year. He's had a lot of good players, a lot of good teams. We were really lucky there. We had John David Byers, who was the Jossens Award you know? winner. Um, you know, so I, I that was a great experience. And that was a completely different scenario, you know. It was completely – so I you know, learned learning from him. And then, you know, it was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, in some guy, and some people's minds around there that no D3 and no Franklin Marshall and Marshall in Lebanon Valley, was kind of like I was a – I don't know if it was treason. Yeah, or, I was going to ask. I mean, yeah, to go from there to there. Um, but I had a great experience at Franklin and Marshall, I, you know, I mean, Glenn, you know, I mean, I, would he just get his 800 and 800, 80 first? 881, or, but eight hundred eighty two. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 you know, I need to call him. I haven't called him. I should say that now that, that I'm at least thinking of I need to get, I need to get him on the line, but he's, you know, I mean, we learned a lot. I learned a lot there and, um, just to be exposed. So, you know, I, I, I was around great coaches in college and i've been i've been able to work for two guys are, you know the winningest coach in their program the school's history the national level um so it, it's been a great experience i've been really fortunate uh, to, to be completely honest so um you know and, and now I, I you know and it's funny now I've had really good assistants here and I have a great uh, staff here with me now and that's and that's really the other part of it that You know, it's not like I'm doing all this stuff. You know, it's not like I went out and got all these kids. Um, You know, I mean, I have a bunch of guys that work really hard: Brandon Chambers, Ted Bardash, Rodney Carmichael, guys that have played in college and have been around and have coached. And um, you know, those are my guys now. So you know, it's just been, you know, and and hopefully I'm, hopefully they're learning something from me too. You know, so it's 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 been a good, it's been a good year so far and a good couple years as far as my assistants go, helping us get to this point. Well, you
0: sounded like Glenn and Brad there for a moment, giving your assistants all the credit. I know they probably gave you all the credit when you were there uh, as well. But But you're the kind of scenario where I've seen guys in D1, or who've been D1 in some capacity, come down to D3 to get themselves started. Even if they don't get a head coaching job, they take an assistant coaching job, they then parlay that into an assistant coaching job at D1, they're at the coaches' convention or whatever at the Final Four, you know, trying to uh, finagle themselves into a bigger and bigger job and get back into D1. I'm going on a limb here, but it seems that D3 got the bug in you and that you do like being in Division three.
8: Otherwise, I mean, let's be honest. Why yeah. would you still be here after 14 years? No, I love it. I can't you – know, so real quick, this uh, – for anybody that wants the coach, I don't know who's going to – you know, will be listening to this, but I actually got back from um, – colorado and i decided I was going to grad school with one of the coach and i went in and saw coach parkhill uh and he's you know i i you know and i'm thinking division one I, I played and he's like he said to me just he's like why don't you consider division three i said well okay you know sure you know what i mean he was talking about lifestyle and just kind of things like that with me and so um I talked to Greg Curley, who was a friend of mine. I grew up with him because I'm from the state college area. I'm from Bellefontaine. Just saw him Greg the other day. Called, yeah, Greg called Brad for me, uh, and uh, Brad gave me the job, and and I loved it. I mean, I I I just the, the kids. I've been really fortunate to have coached great kids. I mean, that always helps, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're that's 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 always the and that's why you know you do it at this level. Absolutely, it's not for wealth or anything like that, and. um I love division three. I can't tell you. I mean, I just, it's the right mix. Um, you know, I mean, I'm able to tell parents, you know, art, listen, if your son comes here, he's not going to miss class. You know, he's going to get to come home on break and you know, he's going to get to do other things. I mean, I, I, I can honestly say it. when I, once I enrolled at Penn state and I was local, I never left ever. So um, I never had a job in school. I, I wasn't really involved. I I did basketball, and it's fine because that's what I loved. It's just it, it, D three is a different. It is a different experience, and I enjoy it. Um, and 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 I do have lots like any coach. I have lots of friends who are Division one guys, and I talk to them, and I hear what they had to say, and I'm happy where I'm at. So
0: well you certainly are having success, let's circle it back to your team briefly as we talk conference action before we let you go. You know last year you guys finished in the middle of the pack again, kind of a, a coming out party in the sense that you were above 500 at 16 and 12. This year, you're sitting on top of the conference five games into conference play. Uh, tied with Christopher Newport and tied with St. Mary's two teams that everybody has been talking about in this conference in the last year. lurking right behind you is a, is a is a solid Salisbury squad. Maybe a struggling Wesley squad. Um, You know York's back there, Frostburg's back there. How do you see this conference shaping up? And let's remind people: this is the conference that Wesley has been good in the last couple of years. St. Mary's has certainly carried the mantle until the 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 expansion of the conference, as it were. Christopher Newport came in and shook everything up uh, last year. This is a this is different to see you guys there up on top.
8: Yeah, I mean, it, it, and our guys are uh, adjusting to it. Uh, it. But, you know, the, the conference, uh, you know, you know wild things are going to happen. Sure. It, it's, you know, this next month and a half. And uh, I think the best thing about us right now, David, to be completely honest, is we're nowhere near our potential still. So, you know, I personally think we can get a lot better. So, as a coach, that's both a good and bad feeling. Yeah. You know, I, you know, Am I doing, am I pushing these guys the way I need to be? Why aren't we even better than we are right now? But at the same time, there's a lot of room for growth. I mean, there's still, we still, you know, all these guys, these these are seniors that we have, Tim Briscoe and some of the other guys who don't play as much but do a really good job leading, they're getting better and better as leaders too, you know, but they're still growing in that role. Um, so, you know, we I, I, I think we still have a lot of room to grow as do probably most of the teams in our league. You know, I mean, again, we just talked about Mary Wash. They're really talented. They've got all their guys now. You know, I mean, I'm sure they're going to do – their second half of the season is going to be much different than the first half of the season. And then just the rest of the league, you know, having coached in the Centennial Conference, which is a really good conference, having been in the MAC before that, which is a really good conference, um, I don't think I've ever been in a league that uh, – you know, I don't think – let's just say this the CAC is just as balanced a league there's just you know you, you, you can't go in and and and, and you, you have to I mean you guys have to show up every night you know yeah and and the places are tough to play going down to southern Virginia and Wesley where we've been already I mean I'm really happy we have those road games out of the way um <laughs> to be completely yeah I, I can
0: see you <laughs> glad that Wesley is definitely out of the way of course Frostburg on the road is going to finish your season, but. Uh, at yeah. least you guys are also. We talk about a conference that has greatly expanded distance-wise. Southern Virginia is certainly pretty far south. Uh, you go as far north as York. You go as far west as as Frostburg. And for those who don't know, the challenge isn't the distance. The challenge is the roads you got to travel on. And the Baltimore and DC beltways are a nightmare. Yeah, you guys are well- at least centrally located.
8: Yeah, that's the recruiting plot. Thank you for segueing for me into that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry for all the no, other CAC no, coaches, coaches out there. I appreciate it. We're right in the middle, Dave. So, our, you know, fortunately, our trips are short. You know, like anybody in the metropolitan area, we got to deal with traffic, but we've, you know, and once you live here long enough, you figure that out. Yeah. So um, that is a small advantage when our trips are a little bit shorter. Uh, we're right in the middle. Um you know, it, 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 but it's the league, obviously you're right, has expanded and everybody has talent and everybody, you know, is, I mean, our coach coaches in these league, this league, they're good. They get after it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, on a, on a, daily basis, I, I, you know, every Wednesday and Saturday I am, I am, I'm not surprised anymore, but the level of play at this, it, it, it's really good college basketball. And, uh, and I tell our guys, you know, you just, you got to show up every day. There's got to be toughness. You're not going to out anybody. You're not going to, you know, you can't hope that we're just going to shoot it well, you know. you got to execute and try and guard somebody, and, and that's the way you're going to win.
0: Well, I talked to Glenn Robinson last show. I've talked to you this show. Clearly, I'm going to have to get Brad McAllister on the show sometime in the near future and just keep this running along. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time. We talked for a long time, longer than I expected, so I appreciate it. It was certainly fascinating to chat with you. Great to see the Saints back into the conversation. As I said, I certainly remember when they were the, uh, they were the thorn in our side at my alma mater when, uh, back in the 90s and early 2000s. But uh, uh, appreciate you taking the time. As always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
8: Uh, Just, again, you know, I want to thank you for allowing me to uh, have the opportunity to get on here and talk. I I do want to say Marymount has grown a lot. Um, You know, we have a new president, uh, an AD that came in right after me, who put a lot in athletics, a lot in the university. I know you're from the area. I think we're going to have the marquee building in Boston in two years. So a lot of things are changing here. and I think that is part of why, you know, we have started to, you know, grow the basketball program and the athletic program in general so i'm really happy about where we're at be working hard to keep it going and uh you know just do our best down the stretch and uh try to make uh make a an impact a, a consistent impact um and have a, I should say a consistent presence in the cac so again thanks dave i appreciate it absolutely thanks so much for joining us uh
0: take care and we'll look forward to watching the saints and the cac the rest of the season
8: Absolutely. Have a good rest of
0: the day. Thank you. Chris Rogers joining us from Marymount. We appreciate him taking the time. We'll take another break. When we come back, more Hoopsville. You can follow us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, Hoopsville is presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
7: I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
2: We've got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness.
0: And welcome back to Hoops Hill, everybody. I hope you've been enjoying the show. I want to thank all of our guests here on the show tonight. Craig Kars from Harden simmons his team now playing. And in late in the first half, they leave, Le- leave Letourneau 26-15. I also want to thank um, uh, Marietta men's basketball coach, uh, John Vanderwall as well. Of course, NYU women's basketball coach Lauren Hall-Gregory. Uh, also want to thank uh, George Fox, women's basketball coach Mike Meek. And, of course, you just heard from Chris Rogers. And Mary, We want to thank all of them. or Mary Mount, I should say. Thank all of them for two, being a part of this Thursday edition of the show. Uh, a couple score updates. No real big surprises so far. Last we heard, FDU Florham was winning uh, over Brooklyn 49-33. That was a while ago at the half. I have not seen an update since Certainly keep an eye out for that. If anything changes, I'm not suspecting a shock there. Scranton, number seven women's basketball team, defeated Susquehanna easily 77-38. Texas Tyler had a semi-easy time of it. Concordia, Texas certainly was lurking, but Texas Tyler wins 73-57. No other real big surprises that jump out at me. University of New England, who fell out of the top 25, thanks to a loss, got off the snide and, and beat Salve Regina 64 64- 48 Um, other teams certainly not really anything that like I said jumps out at me kind of just scanning through the women's scores speaking of Harden Simmons the women's team did win in overtime 70 to 69 over Letourneau that's why the men's game started a little bit late guess we might not have had to really pre-record that Um, anyway so uh, no real surprises there Uh, my alma mater only scored two points in the final five minutes after taking the lead on Catholic and then went on to lose 57 52 in women's basketball. In men's basketball, no real surprises there. Albertus Magnus beat Norwich 89 72. Scranton men once again escape. Uh, they, are, they are basically playing basketball on a on a on a high wire this season. They beat Susquehanna 70 68 in regulation. Uh they have nip and tuck games all the time. Scranton will play Goucher. On Saturday, I can only hope (laughs) that the Gophers show up there because they didn't show up against Catholic. My alma mater got spanked. I only do this because I do know some of you uh, take pride in the fact that uh, Catholic defeated Goucher 77-56. Last year, Goucher won that game on the road. Uh, Not so much this year. Um, And and again, no other real surprises. Kind of scanning the the top 25. uh, uh, the, The scores from today. Nothing really on the men's side jumping out at me either of, of those surprises out there. You're like, oh, wow, I can't believe now. So pretty pretty status quo night, to say the least. Uh, a reminder, we'll be back on the air Sunday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we will talk primarily on that day uh, northeast, uh, Atlantic, south, and, and central regions. Certainly doesn't mean we might not have a guest from another region Sunday we hope to start up our coach, our School of the Week and Coach's Corner interviews. Um, of course, Coach's Corner presented by the NABC working on sponsorship for the School of the Week. We hope to start those up here starting Sunday. We, we do one on Sunday and one on Thursday. If memory serves, I think we do the, um, the Coach's Corner on Sunday and we do the School of the Week on Thursday, but we might play around with that. That can be from outside the region on those certainly Uh, as well so there you go Uh, again um, uh, some notes uh, of specialty shows special things coming up next thursday we will air the show at seven o'clock it will be mostly pre-taped not sure if we'll get two hours in all depends on how we do with guests i will be on the road at the ncaa convention you can follow me at the convention either via d3 hoopsville's twitter account at d3 hoopsville or my personal twitter account at at Dave McHugh, D-A-V-E-M-C-H-U-G-H, D-A-V-E-M-C-H-U-G-H. I can spell my name. Really, really, I can um, I will be tweeting from there, certainly using the hashtag YD3 um, as part of that, and it'll be part of the YD3 show. We'll be conducting some interviews just to stand on their own. We'll be conducting some interviews that will be part of the show. We'll uh, keep track of many of the votes. We'll talk a little bit about more of that on Sunday. Uh, and certainly maybe have a give you my opinion on the 10%, though I have in the last few shows certainly indicated what my opinion is on it. I'll tell you this much, no surprise. I'm kind of in the middle of the road. I can see both sides of this argument and I'm not really sure if I stand anywhere on the argument of reducing games by 10%, but we'll talk more about that maybe coming up on Sunday. Um, so that's this Thursday this coming Thursday show in a couple of weeks, We're looking maybe the 29th of January to do our marathon show. We did that last year for the first time, part of our fundraising campaign for last year. You'll remember we raised more than $10,000 for this show. Thus, the nice decorations behind you, thus an improved webcam, uh, improved ability to do Skype interviews because we got a brand new computer. We've made upgrades. Um, I will admit some of the upgrades. Insurance certainly covered a lot uh, when we lost our studio here due to a water break, water pipe breaking. Uh, but we did have to, you know, get some new stuff. So a lot of that went into that. Well, we're going to do the marathon show again as part of a smaller fundraising campaign. Got to get that off the ground as well. But we're not going to make as big a deal about that. But the marathon show was so fun to do that we're going to make we're going to bring that back. We're looking at the 29th. Got to confirm that. If we don't do it the 29th, we'll push it into February, the first Thursday. But most likely we will do it um, on the 29th. Still got to work out details. That'll be something like a 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time show. But uh, we'll figure that out as we get a little closer um, to that. Also, don't forget. Um, uh, well. We will be on the road coming up in a couple of weeks. So this Thursday coming, in a week, we'll be at the NCA convention. The following week, we'll either be live with a show on Thursday, most likely, or we may change our plan. Who knows? This has still got to be worked out with family and such. But we'll be on the road that weekend somewhere. We haven't figured out where yet. I've got some ideas of what I want to do, but I want to map it out and see what I can get accomplished, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we will either be going to one of several different regions in this country to see some games. We don't want to tell you where we're going because, well, someone gave me the idea that it might be fun just to surprise people as to what gymnasiums we're showing up at. Um, That might affect how we do Hoopsville as well. As a result, what we might end up doing is doing a bunch of interviews while on the road, and that will be our Hoopsville. But we'll see. Just flow with us. Give us time. We're trying out some new things. We want to see how it all comes together etc, etc. So follow us on Twitter at D3 Hoopsville or using the hashtag Hoopsville. Follow us on Facebook Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Also if you follow us on Twitter you'll see a story I retweeted earlier today um, from Letourneau. um, A pretty cool story um, about their men's basketball program and one of the players on it. Certainly worth uh, checking out and and watching uh, or reading I should say. I've gotten about halfway through it and already thoroughly enjoying it so get a chance go and check that out um and so on and so forth so there you go that's another show here on thursday again want to thank our guests from marietta men's basketball hardin simmons and marymount men's basketball and of course nyu and george fox women's basketball if you have an idea of a school of the weak candidate some school that surprises everybody maybe does really well something along those lines Um, tweet us, email us, Facebook us, let us know who you think should be on the show for that segment. If you'd like to help decorate our studio, you can see a little bit more of it today. Um, Put stuff on the bookshelf. We're going to get shirts hung up eventually here as we figure this all out. If you want to see a shirt behind us or something from your school, send it to us, email us. We'll give you information on how you, you can send it to us to be part of the show. We'll start rotating stuff if we get enough in the background to do something with it. I think that should do it for now. Thank you again for tuning in. Certainly appreciate your patronage. Uh, well into overtime here. We don't always go into overtime. We just happen to do so today. Again, Twitter at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, and email us at d 3 hoopscom This presentation is uh, done by DMAC Productions and d3sports.com. All rights are reserved, and you cannot use this without express. Written consent and approval from moi. Um, As we send you off, get that final score. FDU Florham over Brooklyn. 81-59 in women's basketball. Um, I've lost track, but FDU I think is now 11-0, 12-0, something like that, making them on a 44-45 game winning streak at this point in time. Uh, Chalette Brown leading the Devils with 19 points and get this, 20 rebounds. Uh, so congratulations to them. That should do it. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you back here Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time, as we break down Division Three basketball around the country. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has been a presentation of D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Until Sunday, this is Hoopsville. Good night, everybody.